This is a Big MX podcast brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Tech One Designs, 204 Skate Shop, West Side Honda, Capital Motorsports, Golden Tire, and Trans Canada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba. Motocross news from around the world. We're not experts, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com. Welcome to the Big MX Podcast Show, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, 204 Skate Shop, TransCanada Motorsports, Tech One Designs, Westside Honda. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line is my co-host, Chris Mellon. And Chris, we're about to break down the the outdoors. And um, yeah, let, let's break it down. Let's go over each team. Let's go into some uh, some contract roulette, as we like to call it, uh, a little bit of uh, some some people call it silly season. We're gonna call it contract roulette, and uh, yeah, see who's going. Who see if we can speculate as to who's going where in 2014. But first of all, how's it going, my friend? Pretty good, except I'm staring at your face via Skype, so this is a little bit different. And uh, if you're picking your nose or touching yourself in a weird place, I'll actually know about it now. All right, I'll put pants on. Um, yeah, it's a different approach. We can actually see each other on the backside of the call, so uh, a little bit of uh, banter back and forth will be a lot of fun. Uh, let's go straight into the contract roulette brought to you by Tech One Designs. Tech One Designs, they've got graphics, t-shirts, moto tees, uh, pit shirts, you name it. They can even do a custom coffee mug for you, and they've sponsored the contract roulette for 2014 motocross season. And uh, yeah, let's hit it. That's a nice uh, mug you're showing me right now on the back of the screen. The listeners can't see that, but that's all part of the experience. Let's start off the Kawasaki team. Well, um, I think, first of all, contract roulette, even though we just made that up a couple minutes ago, I think that does kind of make more sense because really it's going to be pretty much if you're drunk sitting at a roulette table, spin the wheel. That's what we're doing right now. Like We know nothing. Um, yeah, maybe a little disclaimer. Yeah, we have no knowledge of anything. Um, so all of this is just total BS. Um, anything we do know for sure, I'm sure you can find on an internet site. You know, we don't know anyone cool. And, uh, so yeah, just a little disclaimer. None of this is gold. It means nothing. Absolutely. But, uh, between the two of us, we've been around the sport long enough, pride ourselves on being able to predict some of these moves that get made. We could be completely wrong and more often than not, that's the case. But nevertheless, we're releasing this and you're listening to it. So too bad, I guess. True that. No, I think I think uh, go, going with Cowie, RV is kind of a huge question mark right now, just in general. Being uh, with his knee situation, he might be going for surgery. I think he will be out for the outdoors. And um, I did read, too, uh, that his Cowie win bonuses are kind of maxed out. So I know that would be a good reason for the a guy like Villapoto, who's not out there to race his motorcycle for the love of everything. You know, the checks help, too. Mm-hmm. If you're going to work that hard, I could see him definitely hanging up the boots and waiting for maybe the million dollar Monster Energy Cup or tell another offer. Maybe Europe comes around if nobody's seen his face for a bit. They're going to pay him big money to do those super crosses. And, you know, outdoors obviously has a higher potential for injury too to maybe further injure this knee if he goes into the season or any injury that hasn't happened yet, you know, just from a, a regular outdoor high speed crash. Absolutely. You know, I think, um, RV, uh, I think there's been uh, talk of him uh, hanging up the boots altogether, which I hope I hope that's not the case. But nevertheless, that is something that's been circulating. Uh, what do you think about that rumor? I think I can see. I was actually talking to my girlfriend about it, who cares probably less than anyone, and it's just 
I could see it. It's that time. He's been dedicating 12 months a year every day. Uh, same as his wife. You know what I mean? They don't have kids. We still got to look at the whole family situation, mm-hmm. like his day-to-day life other than what we see on television or, you know. He's got two dogs to take care of. And wouldn't it be nice to be 27 years old, relatively good health, especially considering being a retired motocross, supercross racer, right? And right. we're talking probably tens or twenties of millions of dollars in the bank. Like, we're not talking he's got a couple hundred bucks. Like, he does not have to work again. Plus, I'm sure he'll be able to hook up some contract deals. Like, I'm sure he'll be a Thor guy forever, Cowie guy, you know. I'm sure Emig might get bumped, if you know what I mean. Like, he'll be picking up roles where people will be paying him money just for his face and reaction factor of being, well, four-time Supercross champ, pretty much. And who knows if he comes back after a year and uh, kind of like Kevin Windham did back in the day where he just got burnt out, took a year off, came back with some new vigor, and what he rocked out another six or seven years and turned out to be one of the Wiley veterans, right? Yeah, that could very well happen. I, uh, I'm i not sure if I could see him coming back, but oh, no, as far no, as going too, away, all, I definitely could see him uh, taking that step away. Like it's, <clears throat> it's not to say that he doesn't have passion for the sport, but if that's all you've ever done and you've, you've basically taken it as far as you can, you've been dominant and uh, you want to get out while your body's still healthy and uh, as far as if like, like what's the difference between being having Twenty million dollars or thirty million dollars uh, in the grand scheme of things, both you'll like probably more than you'll be able to spend in a lifetime of fishing and hunting. Um, obviously, you'd be able to go uh, a whole lot more often and whatnot and like stuff like that. But I don't think he's even worrying about that. No, not at all. Uh, I think he's I think it's more focused, relaxing the training mm-hmm. schedule and living a real life, cracking a beer on Friday and having a big fat double cheeseburger with bacon and stuff. Like that's the little things that we take for granted not having to be on those guys' schedule. Yeah, they live a life everyone kind of looks up to, but, I mean, the last time they've eaten what they've wanted to for a week, say, or, you know, even did what they wanted to day to day, it's probably been a long time. And when you're looking Mm -hmm. at your bank account, cashing these checks and millions of dollars for bonuses, and you realize that you've tapped out your insurance clause, you're not going to get any more bonuses for the year, then you might as well hang up the boots and wait for that to come back. And well, especially all these if, he's, things are if he's dealing with, if he if he's dealing with uh, a knee problem that he needs to get fixed, by all means, fix it, get that sorted out, and then come back at it uh, and finish out your career. Uh, 2015. I think he's going to end up finishing out that his, the last year of his contract, uh, and then uh, I think you see him right off into the sunset with possibly uh, five straight Supercross vic- uh, series series victories. I hope that doesn't happen because I'd like to see. Uh, a little bit more um, parity in the class. Not that we didn't see it this year, but uh, I think a new a new champion would be good for the sport. But uh, nevertheless, I think that uh, Kawasaki um, is crossing their fingers that they have him back in the back in the fold for 2015. But what about Jake Weimer? Well, I think it's Weimer. If he's still bought back on that factory tally next year, I think a lot of people would be surprised, including us. And he is fast. He's can whatever. Like he does have some skills, but uh, he's not that guy. That okay. Let's say if Villapoto's there, maybe if Villapoto's gone, they're getting rid of him because he's definitely not an A guy that you can kind of you know bank your whole team on and your season on. So I say they're gonna start looking for someone new. They've put some time and resources into him. 
Um, he's too much time and resources. Exactly, and he doesn't have that crazy kill attitude that Villapoto has. Obviously, they, you see when they trained together, it didn't work out the best, I don't think. And he's probably going to find a great spot on one of the, say, B teams. And who knows, he might do even better where it's more relaxed and chill and maybe not all the stress of everything. If you see him go down to, say, a BTO Husqvarna or who knows where you could end up, you know, I'm sure he's going to have a solid bike underneath him and when all the chips fall. But uh, I don't know if it's going to be a factory Cowie. No, I, I very much doubt that. You know, I'm looking at his results from last year in the outdoors. He has one podium moto, not even a podium uh actual uh, event uh but uh a lot of um 12 13 11 point motos that means he's right in and around the eighth place mark and uh not doing well uh i think that's that's if you're on a factory kawasaki you should be somewhere at least in the top top five for sure um he's shown speed but i don't think that uh he's ever truly came back to the speed that he had outdoors or indoors since he he changed uh, from the, the 250 to the 450. I think it, he's just been a different guy. He's battled injury, and he's coming back off of injury. Um, I guess he's going to race the last two Supercrosses and then go outdoors, and uh, I don't expect big things from the number 12 whatsoever. No, not at all. And I think maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. It's never the worst. Well, not that it's never the worst thing, but sometimes it can kind of light a spark under someone who might have been chilling out for the last little bit. And, uh, who knows, maybe good things. But, uh, and then, yeah, onto Suzuki with James Stewart. I'm sure he's going to stay around. Uh, I think they have a brand new bike, like a fully brand new bike coming out for next year. So that could be interesting, you know? And with Stewart, especially once he gets, I mean, he pushes every bike past where pretty much any other human being can, right? So who knows how long it'll take him to get adapted to it. But knowing them, they'll just probably run the 14 with 15 graphics or make it work somehow. But I think he's going to stay on Suzuki's, obviously. I think pretty much for until he hangs up the boots, he's going to stay there. Um, I think they're looking for someone else, maybe because of Stewart's reputation to maybe crash and win or possibly get injured. He's been doing good recently, but not the most steady guy in the bunch. Um, and I'm sure they're looking for the future after James Stewart hangs up the boots. So Mookie is an obvious choice that people are throwing around. I'd like to I see that. I think you're right on base there. Yeah. And I can't see why not. I'm sure he rides the bike. I'm sure whatever, if they bought him a Suzuki, it would probably look really similar to his big brother James when it comes race day. You know, parts would fall off of James and end up on his. So might as well just put it out in the open and call him a full-fledged teammate and go team go yeah well i think like they had uh was it matt moss earlier this year on the team i think uh mookie's a much better fit uh the two of them would be training together they can both develop the bike together they do have a similar riding style mookie a little bit less aggressive than james but there's not too many riders as aggressive as james period uh it makes sense in terms of uh, a budget standpoint because you know you're not paying over the top for malcolm stewart but he has shown flashes of brilliance highly marketable Highly marketable. The two brothers on the same team, that in itself is a huge, huge uh, marketing tool. I think he's fast outdoors. He's shown speed uh, in Supercross. And uh, I think it just... um, Big James was on that the Supercross live show this year and uh, kind of alluded to it pretty much already being a lock. 
Sorry? Did that just trip out on your side too? Uh, for half a second, yeah. No big deal. <laughs> no, that um, actually sounded cool. Sorry, but remember those seven up or Back to the Future 2, Max Headroom, the guy who like trips out in the Pepsi commercials? Yeah. That's exactly what you look like. Oh, perfect. Sorry. Like right now? No, when your head was doing this, when it was like kind of, yeah, it was sketching out for a bit. Sorry. That was awesome. I wish I had it on video. Fair enough. Um, but no, I, I think Malcolm is an obvious fit. I think he's going to stay there. I think it, uh, it might or may, may already be decided upon. There's a lot of things that, uh, get decided upon very early in the racing series or during the year that aren't released until certain times. There's, uh, disclosure clauses and, and, uh, you have to wait for press releases. But, uh, if I was to, um, predict, I would definitely say Malcolm Stewart, uh, takes up that second ride or, uh, they, they basically make a ride for, for Jane or for Malcolm, and uh, you see both the Stewart brothers on Suzuki's for 2014. And being what about RCH, the, but uh, with the Stewart brothers knowing that they like to kind of have fun with some things, I think that would lead to some pretty good ads slash videos. You know, I'm sure if it's coming, we'll see about it on video soon, mm-hmm. and I think those will be something to look forward to. But yeah, with RCH, yeah. I, sorry, okay, go ahead. Well, they both they, they both share a lot of sponsors. I think it wouldn't be too hard for uh, Malcolm to probably get into some seven gear. Um, Maybe, yeah. He's he's he knows a guy. Uh, they're both Red Bull guys right off the hop, and I think that uh, yeah, like I said, Oakley. it just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a match made in heaven. It's like they were born into it. Pretty much. Uh, what about RCH? I know uh, Brock Tickle hurt. I th- is he signed for next year or no? I don't think so, but I think they're not a team to ditch people. I would not be surprised yeah. to see Tickle there. And I think he's going for a fair rate. Like, let's not call it AB, but he does get coverage. Um, and, you know, he's kind of that all-American kid. Like, you know, not really, you can't hate him, really. He's, you he's know? very agreeable. Exactly. He's, well mar- he's very marketable. Uh, His wife's hot. And so yep. that's never And I think he's going to be a great compliment to uh, Ken Roxon. Yeah, and Roxton is obviously who they're banking on because they've been saying for years that they wanted to have a championship contender for years. And every time they say that, we're all kind of like, yeah, right, yeah, right. But now they got factory support. Um, they got Carmichael back in them. Just that name has got to pull in a lot of favors slash pull he's, everywhere. And well, Roxton's already, uh, uh, he's not a monster athlete, which they, they do, they do monster, but, uh, I think that uh, he's already a fox guy. He's been a fox by for a, fox guy for a long period of time. Uh, he's he rode Suzuki's growing up. He's familiar with them up until what maybe four years ago he was on it. Which that 450 that he would have raced back then still very similar to what they're on now. I realize they're going to a newer bike, but I think it's going to be easy to adapt. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's been on that machine uh, quite a bit. For sure, and it's in this uh, like. In this sport that we live in, there's nothing to stop anyone from you know, hopping on another bike, buying one at the dealer, and you know who knows if that Kalisaw or the KTM's even getting ridden much during the week. And you know, obviously they're looking forward to the new thing for next year. But I think with our seats, that would be a big step. Getting a pro guy like him and having Suzuki not having an official factory team, I guess James is, but I think we all know it's not really from Suzuki. It's a Yoshimura team. Mm-hmm. Um, Having two teams like that is a really good look for Suzuki because look who they're going to have. They have Stewart and Roxon now, and they don't have an official team. Like that's that's two heavy, heavy hitters 
going into 2015 for not having just this official Suzuki truck. So I think Suzuki's going to be looking good for next year. A lot better than, uh, per se, Yamaha, which is pretty much just throwing everything at Barsha. Yeah, well, like, I think, yeah, let's, let's move straight into the JGR situation. I think um, Brayton is up. Josh Grant is up. Uh, he's been up and down. Uh, that Innovator Award that um, Coy Gibbs was looking at early in the season has kind of totally backfired. Nicoletti has come off the bench um, a couple of times via either injury or the or the rounds that he was scheduled to ride. Uh, in my opinion, based on his first few rides, I think he probably should have just uh, bolted on the outdoor suspension and completely abandoned that program whatsoever because he's uh, been just not not a good uh, not a good supercross. Although he's never been really been known for a supercross guy, just uh, he he made more mains and had better results on a on a, a Tylube NFAB team last year than he did uh, this year on the on the basically factory uh, Yamaha. So I think. Well, I think you're gonna see yeah, Barsha. Sorry. So, sorry, with Nick Petty, uh they they I think they put him in there at a disadvantage. That whole thing I understand where they're coming from with a backup rider, but now that I think of it, what are they saying for those in the big picture? Two hundred and fifty bucks entry fee on the weekend? Like he's at home, he's testing, they have a bike for him. Put him out there. What's the worst that can happen? You get some T V coverage. You're not gonna mm-hmm. get it without him on the bike. So is I kind of understood it at a point, but now that you think about it, that's just dumb. And I know he said he had to learn the bike. Didn't look like he really had it figured out when he showed up uh, on the starting line. He had some pretty amazing crashes, but a lot of that's probably nerves. He's going into Anaheim 1 at, what, round 10? That's not fair for a guy. So I think they should have maybe just paid the entry fee, get the guy out there, and what's the point of having a backup guy who's literally at home? It's not that he's even there. Yeah, no, I think that that whole uh, theory of bringing a guy in just completely fell fell short. It didn't uh, didn't go as well as they thought it would. Uh, but um, nevertheless, I think that um, the the team going forward, they've already took a, a solid look at uh, Justin Barsha. It's been highly publicized that that's probably where he's going. If you listen to some of the other shows out there, uh, it's been talked about quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think uh, you're 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 surefire way to go is definitely to go straight to um I have to edit that out because I just went nowhere with that because I'm watching you do a bong rip <laughs> I was trying to distract you and then I figured no and then yeah Fair enough. but as far as as far as Yamaha goes going forward I think they've taken a look at Justin Barsha I think they're they've committed to him uh, I think it's probably if not signed already uh, they're waiting until it's up he, he's allowed to do so and uh, you'll see Justin Barsha on a Yamaha for the ver- the very first time uh, in his career period because he rode KTM before he was a Honda kid uh, when uh, he was in the commercials and all that and uh, now he'll be he'll be on the blue team for 2015. Uh, moving on to, oh, wait, what about Brayton? Well, what about Brayton, Justin Brayton? I think same thing. He's a North Carolina guy. He moved there. They love him. He showed after this year where he's definitely showed the most, I think. How could they let a guy go that they've backed for what, four years now? Or I don't know, at least like they put a lot no, of time he was and there. resources into, no, but I mean, he two was there, and, then and then two. he came back and yeah. then. But you know what I'm saying? So they, they've obviously had a plan for him starting a long time ago. And I think right. it's just coming to play. Why would they let him go? He, yes, he's looking for a raise, 
he deserves it. Give it to him. Keep him happy. It kind of shows that JGR is down to be a place to progress. Because what does that go to show if one of their main guys, like, I mean, him and Grant kind of shared that captain role of the team, I guess you could say. But he kind of, you know, definitely this year showed up Grant. But if he gets some good races, passes Villapoto, throws some battles, gets a second place, and then ask for more money and you say no, that kind of puts them in the look of being a feeder team, which I'm sure is not what they want to be, right? So I think they have to pay him more money based on his results this year and to keep him around. Oh, regardless of where he's going, he's getting a raise. Yes. But uh, as far as um, just making a smart business move and putting a guy who's consistent and and who uh, especially he excels in Supercross, and that's uh, like he's not great outdoors. That's but that's important too. But I think in terms of contracts of how where these guys make their money is uh, is is racing indoor. And uh, I think Justin Brayton back on uh, the JGR bike for 2015 is pretty much a lock for sure. And I think with uh, Mister Barsha flying over to Yamaha there, I think he might be doing that a little bit because him and Kennard have been kind of battling it out for that head spot at Honda. He wants to be the head guy, which I think he is pending them signing someone else, which I can't see really happening. He's going to be nope. Yamaha's main man in all the ads, in all the everything, and I'm sure he wants a little bit of that too, where Honda's always been a very fair company. I remember them even putting, let's say, their B guys or C guys in the ads rather than just their top guy all the time. So I think him being Yamaha's number one poster child, he's got to be looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something that he's looking forward to. I think that's something that he finds is pretty important uh, to him going forward. And uh, as far as the uh, Justin Barsha goes, uh, uh, it's signed, sealed, and delivered to the Yamaha team for 2015. Um, KTM. I think uh, Ryan Dungey is already signed. He's he's confirmed for 2015, I believe. Yeah, probably. I can't see them getting rid of him too. He's their their guy, their poster child. And well, if they don't have him, then they don't have Rocks, and what do they got? Well, and I'm I if you think on the business end of it, they're not going to make a Ryan Dungey replica bike if they don't plan on backing this kid for years and years and years because what would it look like if he's riding a Honda? Let's just you know whatever. And winning races and you're ordering parts for a Ryan Dungey replica KTM that's last year's bike. That's not a good look either. So I'm sure yeah. they're taking that into consideration when they built that whole bike they around to him, him for a long time when they did that. And who knows what his contract looks like. And, uh, I'm sure it's very long time. You know, I, I can't see them getting rid of him based on they built a bike around him. So why would they want to get rid of him? They got the so cash. Sorry. If Ken Roxon is gone from uh, from the cow or the K- KTM team, uh, do they take a look at a Jake Weimer? Yeah, but I don't see them doing that. They're kind of Weimer and Dungey are both kind of mellow guys. I can see them kind of taking a chance on a more aggressive guy where Wilson might fill that puddle. Um, you know, everyone wants Wilson, but if you see what I'm saying, Dungey is consistent. He gets, he's going to be on the podium every weekend, no matter what. And so they kind of have that in their deck and they can take a chance on maybe a younger guy that might crash and win or make a splash where Dungey doesn't really get the TV time for being the most flashy guy and making fancy moves. He's just sticks behind guys until they fuck up and maybe he might stick a wheel in sometime. 
but I could see them going for a Wilson. Um, we didn't say anything about Josh Grant on JGR. Maybe if you take a huge pay cut and he's just like, yeah, I want to stay on a factory bike, steady contract, throw 150 grand in a factory KTM on him. You know, I'm sure they're paying Dungey a lot for that spot. But, uh, I was thinking like hurlings. If now that Barsha has gone, they love Europe. Europe loves them. Hurling's got to be getting sick of just cleaning up over there. And maybe they're like, dude, we will literally bribe you forever. Like, whatever you need for the rest of your life, just come to the States and race. And But I think if he comes to the States, he's going to the tails, he's going to go to the 250 again. Yes, just as that's young what he runs on. So. But see, they look at that as a two-year investment, I think. Like, cause, but that's a big flash in the pan. You know what I mean? They got that guy because... They also, Marvin Muskin, I'm sure, is sticking around. Um, why it's kind of the same situation. Why would they get rid of him? He doesn't seem like an unreasonable guy that'd be like, I want a hundred billion dollars, you know, and he's doing good things. He's injured right now, but I, him in the outdoors is going to make a splash. I'll guarantee it. And, um, if they keep him around next year for a 250 guy, him and Hurlings, just say, cause we're just talking shit here, that would be awesome. Like that's a powerhouse team. Curling's would have to learn Supercross, but he's a pretty aggressive guy. I think he'd have a good time with it. And then moving into 2016, they would have, per se, Dungey, Muskin, and Hurlings. That's pretty mm-hmm. solid. Absolutely. Um, I don't think that like they're not having as much of a hard time attracting riders as they maybe once did no. uh, 10 years ago. Uh, the 250 back then was not a great bike. The KTM basically developed by Ryan Dungey or built for Ryan Dungey because uh, he found it to be uh, unacceptable when he first got onto the bike and had them basically uh, scrap everything, go with a a linkage. Uh, It's still the steel frame, but I think that uh, he's developed that bike into something that's really, really positive. And I think they're going to honor that. They're going to... they're going to appreciate that and, and give him a contract that basically keeps him on a KTM for a good portion of the rest of his career. Um, but, uh, it's just, a, it's just a question of, uh, who's going to be in that spot beside him, uh, for 2014 or 2015, rather. I definitely could see, uh, a Jake Weimer. I could definitely see a Wilson if they're going to go after him that hard. I'm not sure if, uh, they're not concerned about cash, but, um, no. I think, I think, Regardless of where um, Dean Wilson is for 2015, he's got a monster slash on the side of his whatever it is. Yeah, I so, can't uh, see him going anywhere from them. Right. So uh, <laughs> that kind of pulls him away from the uh, from the KTM deal. But uh, I think regardless, um, KTM should be solid for 2015. Uh, well, and... <clears throat> If Rockstar KTM sticks around, I'm sure they're happy with their performances with Anderson and Millsaps. We're going to see him out in the outdoors, see what happens, but he's so steady. He's been doing this a long time and he's still pretty young. If you think about how long he's been around, uh, 10 years. Yeah. And you know, he's still got some life left in him. He, if they stick around in the KTMs, that's still another good look for KTM. A couple more guys in the top five, you know. 10-ish, whatever you want to call it. But with the BTO team, like we were talking about earlier with them, possibly someone's going to be on a Husqvarna team next year. So uh, I think that's uh, KT- BTO Sports KTM, although, yeah, they're a, a, a 
factory-backed team. I think they are kind of lowest on the totem pole and will end up having to uh, be that team that is representative of the uh, Husqvarna brand. They'll be on uh, what's, what's thought to be 2014 KTMs. I'm not really sure, too, how that's going to work. Uh, in terms of the production or the development of the bike, I think the, I thought that the the BTO team would kind of be in place to help develop the KTM or the KTM slash Husqvarna because they're basically the same machine with different color plastics. But uh, if there's one team that ends up on white bikes, it'll be uh, BTO, I think. Definitely, just and I think they'll say thank you very much, shake their hand, and be excited because it's still a big step. It's still pretty much a factory KTM ride. If it's a 2014, sure, that's great. The bike will be more developed. I can't see that being a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, rather than obviously if it was a factory Husqvarna, like a new bike that wasn't pretty much a KTM with white plastics, that would be a terrible situation to be in if that got handed down to the BTO team. And like, here's I'll, a uh, brand Jason new Thomas and Steve Lamps in 2003. I don't think they would do that again to that extent, but I think that's why they're going about it this way. Uh, <clears throat> yep. but I would not be surprised, but then again, I would be surprised if they didn't do, uh, what they did with the Dungey bike, uh, with a 2015 early release. If they buy some guy and, because this is Husqvarna's money. That might be a really, really good thing for BTO if you think about that. Because they're like, kind of, here's a big check to sign someone, but here's a kick and a shin, you're on a Husqvarna. You know? And it might give them a couple hundred Gs to go after a guy that they wouldn't be able to afford otherwise. And then they would make kind of a that guy edition bike like they did Dungy. You know, probably not marketed as hard, but if you get what I'm saying, a pro edition Husqvarna put out the 500 models, which they have to, so that the other guys can race it in Supercross, and that's the bike they're on, which would probably look remarkably like the KTM. Yeah, I think they would uh, carry a lot of parallels. As far as riders for the BTO Sport team, I think they um, they basically are going to ride out uh, Andrew Short's contract. I think he's there. Yes. I think that's the best ride that he's going to be able to get going forward for the rest of his career, and I don't think money's really an issue as much as he st- wants to stay on a decent product. He's happy with, uh, he's currently running the Air Shock and the Air Fork, uh, with KTM. Uh, he's happy with it. He's been doing pretty well, uh, only having one Supercross outside of the top, top 10. So, uh, I think you continue to have him on that team. I don't know if, uh, if Matt Gerke is, um, is going to be their guy going forward for the, uh, for the outdoors. I know he was hurt. He, He's had some issues with uh, injuries this year, so I don't know if that uh, pushes him off the team in general for 2015, but uh, that's yet to be seen who uh, who they'll end up picking up. Um, any number of those kind of bubble guys who kind of between getting a, a real support ride or, or not, like, uh, I don't know, um, Albertson in the past or in the past couple of years has opted to kind of hit, do his own thing. I'm not sure if he's in the running for a, a BTO started style, style of ride. Uh, definitely did not perform up to uh, his own, um, potential this year in Supercross. Uh, yet to be seen how he ends up doing outdoors. He didn't race outdoors last year with, uh, too much. I don't think he maybe raced a couple of them close to the end of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see who ends up on the uh, the BTO team for next year. Could be Weston Pike. He's already a fly racing athlete. That's what I'm calling. And 
unless he does really good on this RCH ride that he's doing in the outdoors and they're kind of in the same situation, like, dude, we got to keep this guy. And they seem to be one of the more loyal teams that they could see that happening. Um, now, I think Albertson's a lifer, like Short is on BTO on kind of his own program. I think they started this crossland thing, and he's kind of going to ride it out. He's a marketable guy, gets a lot of press for a guy in his place category, and I think he likes doing his own thing. You know, with a little bit of structure, he might be a little bit better off, get some better results. Who knows, it could happen, but I don't think he's really on everybody's short list to get this year, but with... BTO shorts definitely there forever. I think it'll be great with the Husqvarna if they do have to do any testing. He is a really good test rider. As long as he can start in third year like he is now, I'm sure he'll be pumped. And, um, but I see Pike maybe if they went for like a Schmidt. I don't think so, but it would be great in a perfect world, but some young guy. Cause they, if they have short, another thing, they know he's going to be riding it out in a couple of years and checking out. See you later. Thank you. But, I think a young guy might not be a bad move for them. I think if before Nick Schmidt even gets a sniff of a factory-backed ride, you see uh, Vince Freeze on a factory-backed machine. For sure, I was just... Uh... Like, he's technically already on it with... He's riding for the uh, the JGR bike. I don't see him being on that bike whatsoever for 2015, but I, I guarantee he's on, uh, he's on some better equipment for next year. He's already slated to have a better, a higher uh, national number than he had this year. So, uh, unless his um, outdoor series goes completely down the shitter, uh, you're gonna see you're gonna see some, um, Vince Freeze on a pretty de- pretty decent bike for 2014, 2015. Why do we keep saying that? For sure, and I think Schmidt, if he did pull off some solid outdoor rides, that would put a lot more cash in his bank. But who uh, who knows where he can go? Um. Yeah, and with uh, with the 450s, we kind of skipped over Geico Honda. They have Tomac and Han right now, who I think they are happy with. Tomac, well, actually, I don't both think of them are signed for 2015. So cool, that's just making. Sure. But I, but I just want to say, like, I think those guys kind of got roles reversed going into this year. Tomac, I think, thought he'd go in and kill it, you know, be top three guy running up there. Han probably went and being like, hey, buddy, sure, I got a wicked ride. Let's do this. And really, Han is the one who's been making the splash more than, uh, well, other than Tomac's podium. But um, I think they have a good thing going into next year with the two guys signed, and you, I can't see it getting worse in the Geico track. <clears throat> no, I think uh, you're, you're right on, on base right there. And uh, as far as the, the Geico team, um, I, I expect... Uh, Tomac to have a much better outdoors than he had indoors. He never really got on pace. I think he's going to hit reset and um, be able to defend his, uh, or not defend. I think he's going to draft off of some success that he had on the 250 and go out and have himself a, a great outdoors. Uh, so, that being said, that basically covers um, the, the silly season stuff. Honda. Uh, Honda. What's Honda. Honda, what's Honda going to do? They lost Barsha. See, they have Kennard. Kennard's going to stick around, I'm sure. And right. Kennard might already... Uh, is he signed? I think so, but who knows? We don't know anything. We don't really know. No. But, but I think... Sealy? Um, Sealy, yeah. You know what? Sealy. Sealy, 100%. He's already been riding that bike. Uh, he he practices on it more often than not. So, And I, I guarantee, even though it has Troy Lee Design Plastics on it, 
he's probably giving putting some laps on a on a factory machine um if for nothing else than uh, for research and development on the team and uh you could dare, i i would i would i'd bet to see him on uh on on the uh, factory Honda team for 2015. But then if you look at those teams with factory Honda with Kennard and Sealy, uh, factory connection, Geico Honda with uh, Tomac and Han, those are pretty equal, you know, if, if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. So is that a good play on Honda kind of having two teams that are whatever, having kind of one super team? You know, everyone else is kind of doing a satellite team, but they kind of have a bunch of solid guys, but not really, you know, one guy that's winning a lot of races. Like, you know, their guys are up there, but when it comes to race wins, you don't see Hondas in the column. You know, Dungey, Stewart, Villapoto, that's pretty much it. There hasn't been a Honda up there in years. So I don't know if Honda should maybe reassess their shit and just fucking cash out the bank account and buy someone big. Try to get that back. Well, that that for to that a reply with who are they gonna get? Are exactly. they gonna like? You can't just go out and buy Brian Dungey. He's signed. You can't go out and buy Brian Villapoto. He's signed. You're gonna take a gamble on on Stu? Probably not. That's your only. Well, I guess they could probably throw some money at uh, at Roxon, but I don't think they're gonna go do that. I think no. he's already pretty much already wrapped up. Unless he gets a huge check from uh, Honda, that's it's not not an option. So. There's only so many wins to go around, and I think at this point they're more uh, concerned with having a solid team that can beat podium contenders uh, and and maybe steal a win here or there. Like Barsha has shown the t- kind of speed to be able to win races this year. He just hasn't done it. Uh, he hasn't been able to put it together. I think he'll be able to be uh, a threat outdoors. Um, and uh, and what if, and what if uh, Tomac? becomes a, a bit of a uh, a phenom outdoors on the 450 well, all of a sudden he's putting in some wins so i, I think I could... they're that team is stronger than you may think and the, with the with the geico and factory uh um entity of things i think there's uh it's two different styles of programs and i think different riders flourish in different programs i think um Sealy always seems to need a little bit more structure to really get the um the, the the results that you're looking for out of them with a, a, a factory Honda, I think that's going to put him on the straight and narrow 100. Uh, percent So he puts more laps in on the practice track rather than Instagramming pictures of him uh, BMXing. And then I think uh, as far as Tomac and Wil- Wilbur go, I think that's I think that's the same program that Kevin Windham benefited from having a little bit late, more laid back, more not so regimented in terms of where you're practicing, when you're practicing. And, uh, your, your bike's up, set up, so they have more freedom that way. And, uh, I think they're, they're gonna benefit from that, and it's a good one-two punch. So, uh, I think, uh, Honda stays similar going forward, uh, in the way they attack the series. And, uh, they're, they're looking pretty good. And I think if, if they are able to add, um, Sealy, then that's gonna be a very formidable crew for 2015. Yeah. No, I, I guess you're right. Like, Having Kennard, he does have an outdoor race win and supercross race win speed. He's just been kind of, you know, out of the picture. Injured he's been on the shelf. Bit. Exactly. And with Tomac, too, he's just had a bad year, and he has maybe more or the same amount of potential as any up-and-comer coming. So, you know, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm retarded, and they do have a lot coming. But okay, It's highly chanceable. What about uh, Michael Essie? 
What, what about Michael Essie? What, what team do you see him on going into 2015? I think he stays on the uh, Moto Concepts bike. I don't think anyone else wants to even touch the circus that is the Alessi family. But what, what if he goes to Canada and wins the Canadian title? You don't think every factory team will be bouncing on him like Tony Alessi wants him to be a factory rider again? You don't think that's going to make it happen? I don't. It didn't happen for uh, Bobby Canary, and it didn't happen for uh, Brett Metcalf. So I can't see how it would happen for Mike. And if and if Mike and if um, if um, a, a rider like Mike going up to the Canadian series uh, could lose it. Uh, if there's a if there's a rider who could lose a Canadian series, it's Mike. Definitely. So, uh, um, but uh, who knows how uh, this summer will go? Uh, let's move straight into the 450s and talk about Michael Michael Essie a little bit. Uh, um, let's let's start out by talking about the the 450 motocross class. Um, there. Uh, we're not going to see Ryan Ryan Villapoto. Uh, we're scratching him out pretty much 100%. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But as far as Michael Essie goes, I think he might be able to go away from uh, Glenn Helen. Uh, with um, he might even he might even leave there with the the red plate if not uh, somewhere in the top three because he goes good there. I can see that he does always. He gets good starts. He rides that track good, and. Maybe knowing that it's his one, you know, he's only doing this one potentially. I'm sure he's going to go into it a little harder because usually he's not very, very aggressive going places like this stuff at all. So I'm being sarcastic. You're looking at me weird. You just turned no, in, yeah, you just turned go, into he, a, you just turned into a, um, you just turned into a robot for like 30 seconds there. So just recap that. I think seeing Alessi, he will get good starts. He has done good at Glen Helen. Um, he might leave there, and being that he's takes everything super, super serious, he's probably going to take this round even more serious, being it's potentially his only round in the AMA series for a long time. And if he does go 1-1 at Glen Helen, just say, you know, all the universes align, mm-hmm. and uh, he does come out and do that, it's still not really going to change much. You know, he's still Michael Essie, and He's going to head up to Canada, I think, crash a bunch, think he's going to win a bunch, and possibly for 2015, he's going to be serving us our double-doubles at Tim Hortons. Very well could be, you know, like, um, is is Mike good in the sand? Is he notorious for being good in the sand? Because Canadian nationals have some serious sand tracks. And uh, on, inversely, they also have Nanaimo, which is basically hard as a rock with shale and other crap mixed in. So I'm not sure if too sure if he's well versed in riding anything like that. So Well and I think uh, as well as that riding each kind of sand is different. If you get a guy who's amazing at Southwick, well, Brett Metcalf, yeah, he's gonna do good at all the sand tracks, but still the local local guy is gonna be right on his tail. You know, like riding each individual sand track kind of breeds its own riders. And I think him going into, yeah, what is there, three sand tracks on the circuit, that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? He's got a lot of kind of that track sand specialists and guys who've been doing the series for years and years and Brett Metcalf, you know, who's not only, I think, a better rider or at par as Michael Essie anyways, he's been racing the series for a bit. He's familiar with the tracks. He's got setups from last year and... I think that's going to be a huge advantage for Metcalf over Alessi. And I'm sure he's just going to have a lot calmer head. Alessi always kind of has something to prove. So maybe 
you know, he's going to go in a little bit too nuts and bomb it like he kind of usually does. No, I think uh, you're you're right on that one. I thought I don't think um, unless he's going to be a huge threat. I think he's gonna um, gonna he's gonna be able to uh, run up there at times because he gets his great starts. But uh, I don't see too many great things coming out of uh, Michael Essie unless he's able to uh, catch fire. But um, seeing as how uh, Tony very very involved with his his program right now. We haven't seen too many really, really great things when that is the case. Um, Although other than his, his amateur career, but uh, since turning pro, it's been uh, nothing but uh, just like, yeah, not just shit. Just pure, pure shit. Yeah, absolute. (laughs) Um, So do you think that Eli is going to come back in the outdoors? I think so. I think you're going to see a resurgence of, uh, of Eli Tomac. He's, uh, your 2013 250cc champion. Um, typically, uh, especially having success outdoors, um, it's a completely different animal, especially for a rookie. Uh, he's not going to be as burnt out as, as a couple of the other, uh, the guys that are in that class. I think, um, Ken Roxon is definitely showing signs of, of, of feeling, uh, worn out a little bit, but, um, much like the, um, the the silly season or the uh the contract roulette let's tackle this class or um team by team starting out with the uh suzukis let's let's start out with js7 um james stewart he's uh he's he's had a perfect season on a 450 he's had uh, years where he can't stay off the ground yeah, and he's, he's had an uh, imperfect gone. season as well he's had very imperfect seasons as well but um coming off of one of his most uh, successful Supercross season in recent uh, recent history, and hoping that his knee is in good condition. What uh, what can you expect from uh, from James Stewart going forward? Froze. What's up? Your face is still not moving. Yeah, you just froze too. Cool. So, what do I expect? Uh, what do you expect from James Stewart, two thousand and fourteen? I think we can definitely see a lot of moto wins for as long as he stays healthy. Okay, like if he stays healthy the whole year, championship is his to win, you know, and or his to lose too. And if he rides like a veteran and not a James Stewart, then I could see him being in there for the long haul. But if you see how Velopoto this year in Supercross, maybe his knee, maybe whatever, he's kind of been content to just kind of sit back and get a third, get a whatever, you know, still he charges hard. But if Villa, or if Stewart can actually do that, and maybe if he's not having a best day or not the fastest guy that day, he can just chill out and get a second place. Because the only person who should be able to beat him would be Dungey on a good day, right? It, we're right. Ta- we're talking if RV's out here, and um, so that's his to lose. You know, no one in speed Stewart's faster than Dungey, straight up. So fastest man on the planet, in my in my opinion. Even you, faster than RV, honestly. If you look at it that way, yeah, on a good day, I think so. But if you take the whole series into consideration, my money would have been on RV. You know, he's right. consistent. That's the way it goes. But if Stewart can kind of chill out and not try to kill everybody, including himself, then I think he could have a really good year. And that would be awesome to see Stewart win a title because he's been up there. And in his mind, I think he's always thought he's been the best for the last couple of years. And maybe this year you've seen his mindset change where, he realizes, you know, maybe I'm not. Villapoto's won the last three, four Supercross seasons, you know. 
So I think that would be good for him if he could actually put another championship together. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he... I think that'd be a great story, to be honest. As yeah. a, uh, as a media member, I think, uh, that would be the coolest story to be able to cover the fact that he's coming back. Uh, he's gone basically full circles in his career. Uh, he's been that dominant up and comer. He's, uh, like basically battled back from a lackluster emergence onto the 250 class. And then he was dominant in the 450s. 2000, like 2008 was his year. Uh, and then, uh, 2000 and, uh, well, yeah, he's like, had that whole, the whole Yamaha fiasco, um, can't stay off the ground, knee problems, uh, unfinished seasons. And then if he could come back and, uh, and be a contender and win a series, I think that would be a huge feather in his cap, uh, as he makes his, uh, his next couple of years on Suzuki's. Well, and if you look back to when he did get his perfect season and then he signed a supercross only contract, am I right? Like I, I think he did. Yes. Bad move. You know, so he's the best guy out there, wins every race, then he signs the Supercross only. No matter what you do, it's going to take you a bit to get back into outdoors. So I think that was a bad move right off the hop. I mean, I think Reed admitted it too, and he said that should have just kind of stuck in the outdoors and took it seriously too the whole season. But I think with Stewart doing a f- whatever last year, going into this year with a lot of outdoor testing, I'm sure it could be his year, RV or not. Definitely agree. I think um, I think I think he's going to be able to put up a fight. I think he's going to be fast. Um, if you look at his times from last year or his positions, uh, he was on the podium quite a bit. Uh, he he won a national in uh, Millville. We sh- he showed speed, but as other years as well, he was on the ground. He's got some zeros in his columns and ended up uh, not finishing out the series. Uh, with, I believe it was a wrist injury that kept him off for the last bit. Um, yeah. but well, nevertheless, that was that, that was that photographer crash, right? When no, that's before. the year before. Oh, yes. The photographer year was the when he went, uh, four motos straight and then, and then uh, done. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, thanks for coming out, buddy. Hey, Either, I, ne- that was a good crash. I like that crash. That was a heck of a crash. Um, but yeah, he ends up fourth in the series last year. I think you can see him inside the top, top three for, Top three for sure, as long as you can keep it on uh, two wheels. And um, my prediction, honestly, like uh, for for the year, is uh, a very successful season. And we'll go into our uh, our top five prediction uh, closer to the end of our uh, rundown of the series. But uh, other guys on Haunt or uh, Suzuki's um, RCH, the B team, is coming to the the races in 2014 for the outdoors. We've got Weston Pike and Ivan Tedesco. Um, a couple of favorites from the RCH team. Both of them uh, are basically filling in for um, Josh Hill, relieved of his duties after the Supercross series, and Brock Tickle is on the injured list. So you will not see him back in 2015 or 2014. So we're coming to you uh, at uh, Glen Helen with both Weston Pike, who uh, last year... His average finish was uh, 10 points per moto, which would have, uh, if he would have raced every moto, he would have had 245 points, which would have ended up him 8th place so, okay, in the wait, Nationals. Wait, wait. How does that math work? If he averages 10 points, there's 24 and a half motos a year? 10 point, 10 point two, uh, 10 point, like, yeah, 10.2 points. Well, you didn't say the point two, so 
You got 10.2 it. points. That's yeah. right. Sorry. Math has to be right or it bugs my head. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Regardless, 10.2 points per moto. What we're getting at with that is not a podium contender. We're looking at from last year's results. New bike, possibly he could be up there. Like top five, why not? Top 10 for sure. You know? He's already got the more solid program. I think he's uh, developed some more speed. And I, I can definitely see him mixing it up with your Weimers, your Shorts, your Grants, if he's back, uh, your Braytons, if he's active. Uh, I think you can see him in, in that mix. Um, I, I think he may, might even be able to show a wheel to a guy like Kennard. I think uh, like by raw speed, Kennard got him all day. But uh, you'll definitely see uh, Weston Pike inside the top 10. And that I think that's where uh, RCH uh, expects him to be. I just hope he doesn't get onto the scene and make a splash literally by crashing hard early season, trying to prove something and knocking him out and making the B team, uh, Ivan Tedesco is their top guy cruising around the nationals on a factory Suzuki. Not a good look for RCH either, you know? So I'm wondering if there's maybe another guy back in the truck somewhere where they're like, just please, you know, maybe, or they just call it. I think, I don't think they're going to do the series with Ivan Tedesco is what I'm getting at. And, I do think Pike has as good a chance as any to run up there, but he has had some crazy crashes that he's walked away from relatively unscathed in Supercross. Those same crashes in outdoor, I don't think that would be the situation. No, I think much higher speeds, and uh, if he does end up off the bike uh, in, t- in the outdoors, uh, he won't be able to be nearly as resilient. And he's already pretty nicked up coming into uh, the outdoor series, so... Uh, Hopefully he'll be able to, uh, he's, I don't think he's ever done a full outdoor series. Uh, he's, he's done select rounds before as a full privateer effort. Um, but the guy showed some speed. I think, uh, he had, uh, he was at Utah. He, uh, he ended up fifth overall. That's unbelievable. That's a great finish for a guy of, uh, of, of his, his expectation. That's how he earned the 46, uh, the national number 46. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, the, the B team should be interesting to see at the very least. Uh, Tedesco, I would say he's your 13 to 17 place guy. Um, if that, you know, Honestly, I, I, I love Tedesco. We'll yeah, exactly. Like, he is a past national champion. You got to give him some respect, but yep. you're not that looking at a podium 10 guy. Years ago. Exactly. On a 125, right? A bike that's not even relevant in today's talks. Yeah. No, he won his on a 250F, but. Was one on twenty-five? No, that was on oh five. That was in oh uh, five. He won over Alessi. He was on two fifty Fs the first full year of two fifty Fs. But exactly, uh, it's it's that yeah. era of motorcycles, so that's not super comparable. It's not like it was two three years ago. He was a two fifty champion, and right. it seems like he does get good starts. He is a veteran. He's going to be up there off the start, and um, but then he shits the bed. Like trying to ride with these guys, it just seems like in the past. Like I love the guy. He's a great rider, but. It seems like he'll just wash out the front end or have a kind of blooper move early in the first or second lap, which will take him right out. So I don't know if, right. if he can take that out. There's no reason why he can't be a top 10 guy, let's say, right? But uh, Right. And he, keep in mind, he hasn't raced outdoors in over a year. Yes. He raced, um, he came back on a 250F in 2012, ended up hurting himself in, in round two i believe of that series had to sit out that entire summer came back for supercross uh last year a tiny bit 
and then came uh, came off the shelf uh, after missing uh, outdoors last year. So it's been a solid three years since we've seen Ivan Tedesco uh, race solidly uh, in the 450 class. Yeah, that year he won a national. But uh, regardless, I don't. I don't think uh, it's it's going to be a tough go for him. He's going to have some flashes of brilliance, but that'll be just that flashes of brilliance um, from the RCH team. And uh, I think that's the best you can expect from him. Top end, maybe tenth. Uh, a great ride would be an eighth place finish from Ivan Tedesco. Well, and see, uh, I think with him, he kind of has like a rhino attitude, like you know, balls out, never say die, you know, kind of. Not as gnarly, but, you know, he's not a guy to relax and chill out. You know, he's going to give it his all. And I think that might hurt him being that he hasn't been on these tracks in three years, like you're saying. And, you know, relatively new bike, let's say. You know, he's sure he's ridden them, but it's not his. And, uh, you know, just hopefully he takes that into consideration and chills out a bit going into the first couple rounds to make sure he's there for the last couple rounds. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to uh, the Team Kawasaki, or guys who will be on Kawasaki's in general. Um, obviously, the one that sticks out to me is uh, Jake Weimer, because he's actually on the uh, the factory back machine, or the factory. He's right under the factory Cowie tent. Uh, sixth place in 2013. More of the same for 2014. That's about as much as I want to talk about Jake Weimer. Um, in my opinion, he's uh, he's on his way out of that team. Uh, he's ran his course, uh, as a factory rider, uh, as, as far as Kawasaki goes. Um, I don't think he adds too much to the series to be completely honest. Uh, he might be able to throw it in there for a couple of motos here and there, but for the most part, he basically makes up the grid. Um, do you think Kawasaki gets a fill-in rider whatsoever? Do they have another rider under the tent? Maybe, and just maybe let's give Weimer all the benefit that we can and say, all the weights on his shoulders, he goes out there and he has a really amazing season. I could see him putting in a top five here. You know, if he I had, think you're drunk. I could be. But I'm just trying to be a nice guy and saying, like, being that Villapoto's out of there, he's like, look, I got to do this. I don't have a ride for next year. You know, we've pretty much been, nothing we've said has been great about him. If he sees that and just you know, goes, balls out, does good this outdoor season, I think that would be a great move for him. And maybe they would keep him around. But uh, I just don't think he's an outdoor guy, period. He went from winning a Supercross championship in 2000, what was that, 2009, coming back the very next season, or that, like later that season in outdoors. He was on the podium maybe twice tops, uh, back when he was running number 12 for uh, the PC team. He's never really shown a ton of speed outdoors. Uh, like, not to take too much away from the guy, but. No, I hear I, you. I don't think that uh, he's going to, I don't think he's going to be able to produce. I think he's going to feel pressure to produce. And when Jake Weimer feels pressure, he makes mistakes and he goes backwards. As far as that fill-in ride, who like who are some of the guys you can think of that can fill that spot? First Tedesco. thing that comes to mind for me is, well, there's Tedesco. He can, hot sauce can go anywhere. But one guy that's already basically on a, a Kawasaki-backed motorcycle is Nick Way. No. Nope. And... You don't think Nick Wayman, uh he's been a fill-in guy for them you in know, the past? I, well, for sure, in the last decade, he has been. But I can't see Nick Way going into this outdoor season with, you know, everything. being With the injuries he's had in the past, I don't see he's going to go crazy. I think he's almost on his way out. You, they don't want to put a factory bike under a guy they can't expect results from. 
So they did it for Ke- uh, Ricky Diedrich. For sure, but I think they're just reaching there. But hey, never mind. He did good, probably better than Way would have. And probably. Yeah, I think he got like sixth and stuff. So suck a dick on that one. They pulled that out of their butt. But uh, um, fill in for that Towie. It's a tough spot. Other than, yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, per- all right. Here's a list of names that I could. I just pulling out of my ass. Ben Lemay. No, only because he's he's shown speed outdoors no. in the past. No, no, no. Not regardless, him. it's a possibility. Kyle Cunningham, then, because he so does te- just calling Brad Gerbhardt to up for a fill and ride is a possibility. So you're telling me there's a chance, like so you're telling me that oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna put Chris Blos up there. Um, I would pick Blos before I pick Lemay. I would too. Um. But, uh, like, uh, I don't know, what's the status on Blake Wharton's knee? Is Nico Izzy doing anything right now? What's happening with Josh Hill? Uh, Nico Izzy's probably hitting the bong. Josh Hill might be beside him, but he could be just fucking training and putting in his own thing. I don't know. Hill would be a great pick just because he's been he's riding probably the so fastest good. of my list. He's the fastest guy that doesn't have a ride right now. And um, it's half of these fucking factory rides that we're talking about the guys aren't as fast or as talented as Hill will, you know what I mean? And they'll never be that good. And he's sitting on the couch just not riding. So he's a guy that I would be looking at for sure if I had any say in anything, if you could get him on the right bike. And Hill would be a for sure, for sure choice for me for any fill and ride. And why not hop on a factory Cowie? I'm sure they wouldn't have to pay him a bunch of money. But so Josh Hill or Nick Way, which one? Um, I think from a PR perspective, Nick Way all all the way. He's the most marketable guy, yeah. other than maybe Ryan Villapoto okay. or Adam Cianzarillo. Okay, but look at it this way: he's already doing that right now, right? And he's already on a Kawasaki. Exactly. So you're not so, you too, know, too you're, worried you're not, about it. But you're, you're not gaining as much as you would be pulling a guy off the couch, and you have a new face out there. Nick Way is still going to be your PR guy in a Kawasaki, like he always is, but it's not like he's going to do amazing more for you under a different tent. Right. But something just tells me that you, if, if it had to come between the two of those guys, oh, I yeah. think you'd see it Nick way over Josh Definitely, Hill. Just Only because... for the, the, the stigma that's come with a Josh Hill of a, he's been a bit of a sandpaper with some of the teams that he's been on in, but in the past, he's never been a, a proven outdoor guy. And, um, he's, 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 um, been known to be a bit of a bandaid. So, um, between those two, I think you go with, with Nick Way, but, uh, yet to be seen if they even fill that spot. Uh, what about, uh, what about Chad Reed? He's also on a green machine for 2015, 14. I think Reed's going to do whatever he wants when he's ready and healthy. He's going to come back and run at near the front of the pack. That's just what he does, no matter how many times you want to cut him out or, or think that he is. So he's going to do <clears throat> what Chad Reed's going to do. He's going to come back and amaze us all again, I think. Um, but yeah, that Cowie spot, you got me thinking now. Like there is no one out there for that fill and ride other than Hill. Like if you look at points and you know, the next guy you'd be looking at is 15 places below him type of thing other than way, right? And other than just a random privateer, you know, or Vince Freeze. True. But I don't think they put him on there because no. of his reputation. 
And last week he was on a JGR ride, you know, so how many different rides is he? And he didn't make that look good. What do you think yeah. about, um, like pulling up Baggett and just being like, look, we got the 250 class. We got a bunch of guys in there already. Help us out in the 450 class. I don't think, uh, I think, well, I think Baggett is, uh, Mitch's ace in the hole if, uh, Dean Wilson conti- continues to have, uh, arm pump issues. Uh, I don't think, um, I don't think Mitch would be willing to give him up. And if he does ride a 450, it would, uh, it would be a pro circuit, uh, 450. 450 for sure. And, yeah. but, uh, you know that Purcell's coming back for the outdoors, right? I do. And what, if, uh, if what's he's he riding on? 250, he wants to. So that's apparently allegedly, I'm full of shit and I don't know anything, but apparently the interweb says 250 is what Purcell wants to ride. But if mm-hmm. Cowie's like, look, dude, we'll give you 150 francs and hop on this fucking factory 450. He's a talented human being. No questions about that. He can apparently doesn't practice on a 250, but his, his 450, exactly. His riding style does lean towards a 450. He's very smooth. He is almost as good a choice as Hill, as dumb and stoned as that sounds. But you know, he is a past world champ. If he is riding and training, he probably kind of wants to come out and make a splash under the radar. That would be a great way to do it. And he does have a relationship with Kawasaki. So, you know, that's just what I'm reaching from, right? Right. Yeah. Definitely reaching on that one. Um, but, uh, who knows? Honestly, I think, uh, it's, I think it's in Kawasaki's best interest to make that, to, to fill that spot that, uh, RV is leaving for the, for the year. I don't think they'd be too, too worried if they, if they couldn't do it, but if they can, um, it would definitely to the, be their benefit because, like I said, I think Jake Weimer is extremely invisible outdoors. Yeah. You don't notice him. And, uh, Chad Reed last year had a hard, he had a hard time and he's coming off of injury. He's going to have a slow start. And as we've seen in the past with older guys, they start to really show their age when they're outdoors. That's why they go to supercross only contracts. They can show their speed and they can still be fast and calculated indoors. But when it comes down to ripping 35 plus two motos, um, I, that's a young man's game. And as much as he might be in shape, I think he's going to be behind the eight ball in terms of, uh, uh, his, his speed going forward, uh, at the beginning of the season. I think he's going to have a hard time at, uh, Glen Helen. Those tracks get rough. If he's dealing, he's, he's, uh, just after coming back from a shoulder surgery, that's going to be very, very tough. Um, and though, yeah, like I said, I think he's going to have a lot more problems than most people think they're going to, he's there. The series is excited to have him back, but as far as, uh, Kawasaki's up front, they're going to be hard pressed. What about, uh, Josh Hansen's been training and he's just looking for a bike. I don't think he sees Josh Hansen on a, uh, on, on the line whatsoever until 2015. Really? And if you, don't, you see him outside, if you see him on a bike in 2015, it's Supercross only. I was just going to say, you don't think that he's pumped and they're lining up for outdoors for him? He's fully stacked and trained. He's got lung capacity, you know? Oh, I'm sure he's got lung capacity, but it's not for moto. I just like the guy. He's got skills. I want to see some sick whips. That'd be awesome. Absol- and, but, but if we're looking at just perfect case scenario on just skills alone, He's on par with the Josh Hill, you know, where I don't think they're 
Yeah, if they're looking for a fill-in guy, I think you like you said they're fucked. There's well, the thing is, uh, looking for a fill-in guy, you're you're compromising either uh, the speed of that rider in general of guy like going with a go with going with a guy like Nick Way. Yeah, he's uh, you're basically an all-American kid. You can't really argue with the way he conducts himself on the track. He's gonna put in some solid rides for you, but nothing inside the top ten. Um, but as far as a guy like a Josh Hill or uh, a Josh Hansen, that those kind of lead to me a little bit crazy. Um, like neither one of those guys are dealing with a heck of a lot of uh, a good reputation. They come they come in with quite a bit of uh, question marks in terms of their own ability to uh, to put in solid rides. I don't like I said I don't think you see either one of the Joshes on uh, the the Cowie for two thousand. 14 outdoors, but uh, I would like to see them fill that position. But oh. before we move on to the next team, you know what time it is? Commercial time. It's time for some commercials. Let's do it. All right, we're back. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the blue bikes, the JGR Yamahas. Any word on Josh Grant? Is he injured? I know he's hot and cold, but is he injured? Well, I texted him last night. He hasn't hit me back yet, but uh, I think he is Best always time. injured. He's one of my favorite riders. Like, I love the guy. But, uh, um, he's probably going to have some good rides, get some good starts, lead some laps, and have a moto or two that he'll, uh, look back on that he's proud on. But when it comes down to consistency. He's going to have that one weekend where he basically earns himself a factory backed ride for 2015. He'll be the fastest qualifier or he'll second place in a moto or something like that. He'll have that ride, but by the end of the year, I, uh, I think you see him in the same spot he, he was in at the end of last year, one spot out of ninth place. He'll probably be uh, just on the just on the cusp of your or your top ten. And I think that it's got to lead a little bit to his aggressive riding style. He's just so balls out all the time. It'll put itself together for a little bit, but not every round of every weekend of every moto of every lap, you know? So... If he could maybe, him and Stewart, you know, chill out a little bit. These fucking 450s are so fast outdoors, you can't ride them on the edge like that. And if he could put a full season together, I he'd be a top five guy for sure. Absolutely. I think you're, you're, you're right on, right on par there. I think, um, he's got the speed. He just has never shown the, uh, consistency. And that's why you don't see a, a championship beside Grant, Josh Grant's name. Um, Brayton is a complete wild card. He's got a boxer's fracture in his hand. People can race with that. R- guys have raced with that in the past. He does have a broken foot. Um, is that something that he can race with? He tried to and ended up just hurting himself a lot that much more on top of the fact that he's not consistent and pretty lackluster in terms of performances outdoors uh he finished the, the season series last year in 11th i think if he's coming in wounded i don't think you see him um any higher than that uh in terms of his overall performance for the whole year is he gonna have uh some decent rides yeah he'll probably be inside the top top five for a moto or two he'll maybe get a good start and stay there uh but last year uh best Best point total for one moto was 15. So what is that? Is that a is that a fifth place spot? Is that a just outside of that? Six. Maybe a six. Yeah. I think that's sixth. So um, just 
I, I don't see much coming from uh, Justin Brayton. I believe Phil Nicoletti is doing the entire series. I don't think he's on the shelf uh, for the outdoors. Uh, that's his, his 2014 ride, ba- or his 2013 ride outdoors basically got him his ride or his contract weird thing that he's got going on with JGR. Um, I would I would like to see him do well. I think he will um, if he's able if he if depending on how nicked up he is, he's had some huge crashes in the, the few supercrosses that he's been in. Uh, I don't know if you saw that picture um, I was posted after this last race, uh, his jersey getting destroyed on impact, however that happens. The guy's just absolutely had an upside-down year. Um, so as far as Phil Nicoletti goes, he's a complete wild card to me. Uh really depends on which Phil shows up. Well, yeah, and... and- I think he'll have a solid outdoor. He's got a lot to prove. He takes this shit seriously, you know. He's not going to want to go out this year with that Supercross crash and having a ripped jersey being his highlight, you know. And I could see it happen. But also I could see Brayton busting through the top five and riding up there with those guys. He has a lot more confidence, I think, going in this year into outdoors than he did last year. Right. And with RV out, everyone's going to be shitting their pants and with excitement and thinking they can be the next guy. Right. Yeah. And so who's to say that Brayton doesn't step up because I think he can. He has the speed on the Yamaha last year. It didn't have the best, um, the best, uh, rapport with the riders. Like it just seems sketchy, you know, and none of them really could trust it. It seemed everyone seems a little bit happier this year. So. Maybe going into outdoors a little bit more confidence in himself and the bike, and I he, I think he could podium the odd round and get top five. So I think Brayton could be up there in the outdoors this year. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you, and you've further proven to me that you are drinking heavily uh, on this uh, Sunday evening. Um, but uh, nevertheless, let's move on to the uh, the red machines, Hondas. We've talked about them a little bit so far. Uh, Barsha, Kennard, Eli, Wilhans out. Uh, but what about Troy Designs? Are they going to have Mookie on the uh, on the 450? You think? Got to. Well, I think they're going to have sweet looking helmets no matter what they do. And uh, of course, they're going to throw Mookie on that 450. They're fucking stupid if they don't. Um, it's not like the Supercross where they kind of stick to West Coast. I think they're doing the whole season anyways. Put the kid on a bike that he deserves to be on. Quit being a dick already. And he's podiumed last year outdoors in the big bikes. I don't think he's got a 250 podium ever. Look at that on paper and tell me what you fucking think, right? Well, the fact is, is that they go to all the rounds. So well, right away, my my thought is that the fact the only reason why they don't do a 450 ride. Um, or they don't is because they only are a West Supercross team. Um, so I think they're they're gonna put him on the the the, the 450. I think he's guaranteed. gonna excel. Sorry. Yeah, no, just guaranteed. Like I can't see yep. them, and especially they're a lights team. They got a bunch of young guys coming up, right? He's one of the vets of that team, which is you know doing good now. Like they're they're kind of making a splash in the 250 class. They. Throw a guy in the 450 class, more TV time, like we were talking about before, and right. they have nothing to lose. So he's a good starter. He's a marketable guy. He looks like the fucking predator on TV. He's gonna get TV time in the 450 class, and then of course you're gonna have your 250 guys out there as well. 
that and the fact that he has had good rides and flashes of brilliance, like we mm-hmm. said. So uh, there's a chance that the the Troy Lee has a better chance hitting the podium on a in the 250 or the 450 than it does in the 250, and that's not good for a for a for a 250 team. I, well, Sealy though, Sealy has uh, I think his. I don't think he's ever hit the podium on a uh, outdoors, has he? I think he's ran up front, but for some reason, I think he's had injuries, weird shit, whatever. If he's mm-hmm. confident coming out of Supercross, I can't see him going from winning Supercrosses and being one of the guys with him and Anderson, and going in the outdoors. I okay, well, right there with Anderson's going to be a, a front runner in the outdoors, guaranteed. Teed. I can't yep. see him letting that right there let him finish eight places behind Anderson. You know, just that little mental edge might be what Sealy needs to push it outdoors and be like, fuck that, I'm one of these guys. What am I doing back here in eighth place? All right, but I got an idea. How about let's talk about the 250s when we're talking about the 250s. Let's talk about 450s right now. Barsha, Kennard, Eli Tomac. Who ends up uh, at the, the top dog on a Honda? Um... Barsha. Barsha. Yeah. Bam, bam. Um, okay, tell me why. Kennard, unfortunately, is probably going to crash again. I hate to say that, but, you know, let's look at this sheet. See, there's very few races between crashes. I'm just being, like, if we were betting money, that's what I would pick. And Literally, a uh, funny stat on Kennard, the only series that he's actually finished are the ones that he's won. Yeah. And those were on little bikes, not big bikes. And it's, yeah. been, and it's been a long time. It so has. with that, cross him out of there. Love the guy. He could, if you said who's going to win a moto first this year, I might put the money on Canard, right? Yeah, but, but we're not talking about we're not talking about one moto. We're talking exactly. about the whole season. But, but that's and, what I mean. So in that, I would say Barsha, Tomac, Canard. Whereas if you said moto win, I would say Canard, Barsha, Tomac. So you think you think um, Tomac? Behind, uh, behind Barsha. Why, uh, why, why do you say that after, Just, um, it's, a pretty, pretty solid outdoors from him last year? If he was on his 250 in the 450 class, I would put him at the front of the pack. But it seems like he's taken a bit to adapt to this bike in Supercross. He's probably going to take a little bit to adapt to it in outdoors. Whereas this is the bike Barsha and Kennard have been riding for years, right? Yeah. They, so, they both, they both did wool, uh, two years each. So, yeah, t- two years each on it. So um, they're gonna Barsha go a little bit less because he he rode it a, a couple of rounds in 2012 before he well, he moved up full time for so. sure. But they're not they're going into Glen Helen being like, "Yo, mechanic, give me the same settings I had last year, soften it up one click." Tomac's going in there being like, "Well, what the fuck do I do?" And you know they're just already round one confidence slash questionable level in their head. The factory Honda guys are going to have it up on Eli, I think. But then again, Eli could come out and win. He's super talented. But I just think Eli, it's going to take him a little bit to get adjusted to the bike. But by the end of the season, you're going to see them running with those guys, if not in front of them. I think uh, he might have a slow start to your season. But by the end of the year, uh, I would pick Eli Tomac to at least catch up to those guys. And uh, as far as point total goes, be right in the thick of things uh, as far as the uh, maybe not the ch- the championship fight, 
But as, uh, t- as if we're talking top, top dog on the Honda team, I think he'd be right up there with those guys, especially if he's able to click with that machine, uh, earlier rather than later. If he struggles with it and he continues to have the same problems he's had in, in, uh, Supercross, then he's going to be out of it. But, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. He was pretty strong during his rookie season, uh, on a 250. Uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see how he, he shakes out. Um, well, and with Tomac too, I think his, he's never been a good starter, you know, and that's a major, nope. major player in this game. If you're traditionally a good starter or even not a bad starter, you're a game up on someone who is traditionally a bad starter, which I would put Tomac in that category. But then again, he was a bigger guy in a 250, maybe a couple more horsepowers is going to pull those couple extra pounds around easier. But then again, I, he's not, you know, a Michael S.E. Well, no one is, but he's not typically known as the best starter in the outdoors. Okay, well, I'll ask you this then. Uh, out of uh, Barsha, Kennard, and uh, Eli Tomac, are they capable of winning a national in 2014? Oh, fuck yeah. They could, that could be the podium at a national. You know? That's not absolutely crazy. Exactly. But, uh, so, I think I think someone th- something would have to happen to Dungey and uh, Stu for that to happen. But yeah, but it's true. But I but I could see Tomac has kind of that that speed that when he's on, he's fucking on, and people can't catch him, and he'll pass people around the outsides. And you know, we've all seen him put on those rides where I don't think anybody can catch him. But same spot, Barsha, if he's hooked on to Tomac, he's not one to let anybody go. He's going to be right on him too, and Canard's got speed as well. I could see those three doing it. Like, if you say winning a race for sure, but, uh, you know, if you agree that that could be the podium, then obviously you agree they could win a moto as well. I'm talking on a national, not just a oh. moto, but either way, I think, uh, I think, I think all three are capable of it. Yeah. Uh, if, if only one of them can do it, which one would it be? Uh, tie. But see, we're, we're dealing with an RV less season here. And very it's possible, wide open, my friend. very possible the last half of the season could be a Stewart free season as well. So, you know, I, I don't know, Tomac, maybe Barsh, all the same, man. Kennard won a moto last year. Barsha, no, man, I say pretty much fair game, all three of them. Sorry to waffle. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that was full waffle action. I say, uh, if only one of them is able to get a national win, I think, uh, I, I'm picking Eli Tomac. He's your, uh, 250 class winner from last year. I think he's going to be able to harness some of that outdoor skill, uh, and, and do so. Um, let's move on to the KTM guys. Uh, Ryan Dungey, he's three for three in outdoor series that don't involve, um, Ryan Villapoto. He won 2000 and 2009 outdoors on 250F, 2010 outdoors on the 450, his rookie season, and then 2012, his first year on a KTM, winning their very first 450 championship. Um, I think that uh, RV, uh, his absence uh, gives Ryan a ton of confidence. I think he's going to come into this series prepared. Uh, he's, I think he's been frustrated by the Supercross season. Only time will tell if see if he's be able to... Uh, be as fast as he was uh, in previous seasons, but um, I think going into the season, unless uh, unless you're a huge Stewart fan and think that he's going to be able to put it all together, I think he's got to be your favorite. Obviously, and consistency counts, especially in the outdoors. He's going to be on the podium every weekend, every moto, guaranteed. He has to be the betting man's chance 
for the championship. If you, you know, I'm sure the Vegas guys and the insurance guys, if RV's out, has have him as the potential champ. Um, but with that same thing, what if he gets injured? What if the unbreakable Ryan Dungey, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you don't well, ever think it'll happen. Any of that can happen. And to, uh, this is, we're, we're assuming all of these guys can He's winning the title. Healthy. He's winning the title. That's it. I think. I'd like I I'd like to hope that uh, other uh, other riders can raise their level and, oh, me too. and challenge them. But as far as consistency goes, and that's one of the biggest things that does win championships, especially outdoors. I gotta give the edge to to Ryan Dungey to stay consistent, be that uh, top three guy, pretty much steady Eddie exactly. the entire way through and um yeah I think I like him to uh win the championship but we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll wait till the end of uh the 450s to give our our prediction um of the whole top 5 there uh Ken Roxon um his first year on a 450 outdoors uh, his first year on a 250 outdoors was not amazing uh he's Shown a lot of speed. He's still, he's working with Alden Baker, so you know he's going to be in shape, but he's been showing signs of being a little bit fatigued and, and burnt out. Um, do you expect some rookie mistakes from this kid? Yeah, for sure. I think he's going to definitely win some mo- motos and win some overalls, but I don't, you know, we're probably going to see some pretty fancy crashes from him too. So being that he's a rookie that's totally allowed, I can't see him. I could see him being faster than Dungey on average, but having worse results. You know. Yeah, I th- I think um, if you're if you're picking between the two uh, rookies in the class, whether it's Roxon or Eli Tomac, for some reason I'm thinking Tomac's got him. Uh, just in terms of speed outdoors and uh, past success, that's all I can really go off of. And the fact that uh, Eli has completely switched his his um, focus over to outdoors. He has for the last couple of weeks, at the very least. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna be surprised by Tomac. Um, what about uh, Davy Millsaps coming off of injury? He missed the entire Supercross series. Uh, he comes out on. Uh, I think good on things. a KTM for the very first time. How's he going to do? I think good things. Um, he's going to be confident, especially with the RV out. I think he's kind of been hanging out under the radar, just hitting the practice tracks. So like he's been riding a long time, but he kind of stayed out of Supercross. So that just mm-hmm. tells me that he's got the outdoor suspension on and trying to make a, a series out of it. You know, rather than going and maybe getting a podium or something in Supercross. Wait till outdoor go on fully prepared. And I guess I'm sure he's looking at possibly the championship. I'm sure he'd like to think that way, right? I um, think he'd like to think that way. But when was the last time we saw uh, Davey Millsaps compete for a series the whole way through? 1952. Probably. Honestly, I, I haven't, I can't remember the last time that uh, Davey Millsaps was down there at the end. On like, but I think I'm this thinking... is a different Davey Millsaps though. That was young, fat, whatever. This is kind of the, Slim down, more mature version. And, He's lost forty pounds, and if you add it up over the years, that adds up to seven hundred and forty. And yeah, so I think he's obviously lighter than air, and that KTM's not going to even know he's on there. But I think mm-hmm. he's gonna. He is one of the vets still. If he's like twenty six, but he's got a lot of experience. You can't take it away from him to be a potential podium top five guy for sure. Absolute. Um, 
quickly just to touch on uh, Andrew Short. Um, he's your your the highlight of your two of the uh, the BTO team. I think he's going to continue to be Andrew Short. He'll be your he'll be a top ten guy. I think he'll have races where he does better than others. Uh, he's a good starter uh, if he's able to continue starting in uh, in third gear and pull that thing all the way down the straightaway. Uh, he'll be able to get some good starts, hang up front. He's I think he's had some more solid seasons outdoors than in. Um, so, uh, we'll yet to be seen how he'll end up, but, uh, I think good things from the 29 machine. Uh, let's, let's do, uh, let's do our top five. Um, give me a top five from, um, for the outdoors. And this prediction brought to you by 204 Skate Shop out in Selkirk, Manitoba. So we're talking 450s here, right? 450s, top five, go. Okay. Uh, I got like three of them written down here and I'm just going to take a jumble of them all. Okay, straight up, I'm not starting at fifth like you probably think I'm gonna. I'm going for st- Stewart for the win, which I just said Dungey, but fuck that, I just can't have that out there in the world. So I'm going Stewart for the win. Dunge with second. You bastard, you stole my win. He's gonna be tied in points with Stewart for the win. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Stu, Dunge, and then I think we're gonna see Barsha, and then Canard Tomac Millsaps. Fair enough. Barsha did uh, get second or third in the series last year by quite a margin, almost 80 points, uh, separated him from third place or fourth place last year, which was uh, Trey Kennard. Um, I think, uh, so yeah, that's, that's your top, top five. Uh, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to start at five and work my way forward. Um, clever bastard. But uh, just allowing myself for uh, a little bit more uh, abstract thought in terms of who's going to end up on on top. I think um, fifth place. I think Canard. I think he uh, if he'll have a good start to the season and uh, he'll be he'll be hitting the ground running. But uh, I think for whatever reason, uh, with uh, some new guys emerging and having good seasons, I think he's going to be. Uh, just, just outside or just on the very, the edge of the top five. I think, um, fourth place I'm going to give to Tomac. Um, just, I think past champion, he's going to be able to go pretty fast on that, uh, the 450. I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's going to have a much better bike set up by the end of the year than he does the beginning. And he's going to finish off with some, some overalls. So, uh, let's put him uh, in fourth place. Uh, Barsha, I'm going to agree with you in the, in the third spot. I think he's definitely the third best guy. Um, second place, Dungey. I think the consistency is not going to be enough. He's going to be consistent, but consistently um, not able to uh, match the speed of of Stewart. And uh, this is going to this is like I'm calling it right now. This is Stewart's uh, last kick at the can for a championship outdoors. And, uh, he, he goes ahead and has himself a consistent year. Uh, he stays up front, mi- minimizes his mistakes. And, um, yeah, I'm calling it right now. Uh, your 2014 outdoor champion of 450, James Stewart. Well, obviously we agree on that one. And I just can't believe we left Roxon out of the equation. Like, that's why I can't figure that out. Like there's so many guys for that kind of the top seven or eight. And then it's just a fucking three or four guys, and then it's just going to be a mess of nobodies. Like, right, but like it's, uh, I, I predicted uh, Eli to be better than um, 
I predicted Eli to be better than Roxon, so that's why I left him outside my top. Yeah, that's just because you're racist and you hate Germans. So, obvious. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, you know what time it is once again? Pee time. It is time to go pee, but it's also time to check out these sponsors, including TransCanada Motorsports, Tech One Designs, Capital Motorsports, Westside Honda, 204 Skate Shop, and Golden Tire. Buddy Antonis, Josh Demuth, Dusty Lange, all the kings of Arena Cross are coming. Extra Chewing Gum presents the National Arena Cross Series. The best motocross riders return to tear up a mind-bending track built for shoulder-to-shoulder racing, unbelievable airtime, and incredible punishment. And kid seats are still just half price. Arena Cross. February 28th, March 1st and 2nd. Arco Arena. So, do you like stuff? Or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troy Designs, Alias, Icon, and power bands every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop? All of which you can find at Capital Motorsports. Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with Spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them not-so-toll-free at 204-237-6686. Motorcycle racing. Motorcycle racing has always been about man and machine becoming one. From the mud, sweat and physical punishment of motocross to the 180 miles per hour asphalt ballet that is MotoGP. Since 1963, Alpine Stars has been protecting the world's best racers. I'm Roger DeCosta and racing is my life. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grand. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grand to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Selkirk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 888 If it was baseball, his rookie card would be worth a small fortune. If it was football, every kid would be wearing his jersey. But Jeremy McGrath had other plans to take a motorcycle and to show the world how far your dreams can take you. And we're back after a commercial break. 
Uh, thank you for listening to our commercials as they uh, pay for these shows to happen. Uh, getting a little bit late in the evening, but uh, how's it going there, Chris? Freaking fantastic. Got a fresh cup of coffee ready to go. Fresh cup of coffee, and he's good to go. Uh, brand new set of rubbers, and she'll pull third in the loam. Uh, all right, so let's break down the 250s, starting with the two Honda teams. Uh, let's dive straight into Team Geico. Uh, that's none other than uh, Zach Osborne, Justin Bogle, Matt Bachelia, and Zach Bell. Uh, m- news to most people that Zach Bell has been on the team the whole year. He's running number 71, uh, and uh, he's been pretty quiet so far in Supercross. I'm not even sure, sh- too sure if he has much for results. Um, but nevertheless, let's start off with uh, um, their highest placing guy who didn't win the championship last year, which was uh, Zach Bell or um, Zach Osborne. And uh, yeah, how do you think he's going to do this year? Well, Osborne's got speed and he's got outdoor speed too. So I think <clears throat> solid things to come for Zach Osborne. He knows the bike better than last year, obviously, and that can't be a bad thing. Um, he's solid training program gonna be there at the end of the moto. So I think we can see him being up there if nothing stupid happens, top five position type of thing. I don't really, he might be, you know, lead a bit, lead some laps, but I can't see him really being in there for the championship. Probably not what he wants to hear type of thing, but in the big picture of things, probably top five situation. Yeah, I think uh, even though he's come back and had himself an amazing uh, resurgence to his career, obviously came in out of uh, amateurs, not in shape, had to go overseas to really prove himself, get himself a great ride. But uh, he's having a hard time making that next step. He's been able to battle up at the front during certain motos uh, in the past, but uh, I don't think he pulled off a win in a moto last year. I could be wrong, but uh, definitely some podiums. I can see him podiuming, uh, podiuming. Uh, more often than not, um, but uh, all only time will tell whether or not he'll be able to uh, be up there consistent enough to uh, be a top five guy by the time that the uh, the checkered flag flies at the at the last national. <clears throat> Justin, see, I I think Bogle is gonna make a big splash coming even coming off his injury. I think everyone pretty much wrote him off for right. most of the year, not only just Supercross where he pretty much shut everyone up and running for the championship. Uh, he He's a good outdoor rider, and I love his style. I think he's <clears throat> he picks cool lines, like not doesn't really follow very much, and I think he's gonna be up there with his teammate Osborne and the Kawasaki guys leading the pack in races, and hope he can keep it on two wheels and finish out the run the season as well. No, I think that uh, if he finishes off Supercross on a really strong note, and I know that uh, motocross, Supercross, very different disciplines. But nevertheless, I think if he's able to come out, make a statement in Supercross, he's going to take that momentum over to the outdoors. And uh, he's shown some serious speed, whether whether it be uh, he had a moto this year or last year at uh, Washougal, where he was on fire. And that's a track where it is very difficult to go fast, very slick, very skatey. Um, so uh, I expect big things from uh, <coughs> Justin Bogle this year. I think he's been hot and cold, but I look for him to get a little bit more consistent in 2014. Definitely. And with Bashaglia being kind of the rookie, I think Bell might have even been there all through Supercross. He's just so short. Maybe you just didn't see him hanging be. out. Someone is standing in front of him or his bike or a little clod of dirt, perhaps. Um, but he, so hopefully he gets a whole shot finally. 
and can lead some laps and not crash. So if he can just chill the fuck out a bit, I think that would be a good thing for everyone involved in that situation. Um, and who knows if he was as injured for all of Supercross or if they kind of did Jason Anderson treatment from a couple of years back. Like, yo, kid, you got talent, just chill out a bit, and hopefully it'll all figure itself out and maybe put on a little bit of bulk and some weight. Like, he's a little guy. Mm-hmm. Um pretty much the opposite of his teammate Bisheglia, who's a really lanky, tall, Wyndham-looking motherfucker, and he definitely <clears throat> um, makes riding look easy rather than where Zach Bell kind of gets bounced around a lot and really looks like he's putting in a lot of effort out there. Yeah, I know. I think uh, um, I think Bisheglia uh, is, is poised to have a pretty decent season. I think he's going to be – he's going to make some rookie mistakes. He's going to fade – uh, I think you're going to see a very similar season from him that you saw from Jeremy Martin last year. He's going to be able to run close to that fifth, sixth um, consistently, but I think he's, he might even uh, he might lead a lap, lead some laps at some point. But uh, uh, it's going to be a learning year for Bichelle. And as far as uh, Bell goes, I hope that uh, if he did get some R and R and he did uh, basically regroup and come at the series a, a little bit more uh, in better shape. Like you said, put on some size, put on some uh, some bulk that he'll be able to uh, be successful with that. And um, well, only time will tell. But I think, but uh, if between the two of them, I think that I'm basically categorize them both kind of as rookies. And I'd expect Bichelia to have a much stronger year because uh, he was a lot more dominant on uh, on, on in amateurs than uh, than Bell ever was. Uh, let's move straight on to the TLD team. Um, the uh, Starting out with uh, Cole Seeley, uh, not known to be a, a, a outdoor specialist, but uh, he's definitely the strongest on that on that squad. Uh, what do you know about Cole Seeley? I know he's a badass motherfucker on a dirt bike, that's for sure. And with all his confidence leading or coming out of Supercross, I mean, he was riding good in Supercross. He's won him in the past years, but he kind of gassed out, it seemed, in the outdoors. So. Maybe he's got some more motivation to keep his, uh, you know, attention span going or training program going longer into the year, whatever the hell he's got to do just to kind of be more solid. We know he has the speed. We know he has the skills. So he's just going to – but in the outdoors, maybe his riding style isn't the perfect situation. He's so calculated. um, You know, maybe he's not used to riding on the edge like that. Like you kind of need to to lead and win some of these outdoor races. Yeah, he's super calculated. He's very precise. Uh, he doesn't really hang it out. Um, and I think that's what suits him so so well for Supercross. I think that's why you saw him get a four uh, even on the 450, which is even uh, a, a bike that you like. You can be even more precise with that. You're almost like a surgeon out there to get that uh, that podium ride that he had. On the on the 450, yeah, he's got some speed uh, indoors. Yet to be seen if he'll be able to carry that into the outdoors. But um, uh, I think he'll still be able to uh, be the fastest guy on a regular basis for Troy Lee, unless uh, McElrath can catch fire. Because uh, if you go by amateur stats, uh, he was a little bit faster than Bishalia. So if you're going to put him inside that top six, top seven uh, ranking, I think the kind of the the best of the rest. Um, McElrath might have a little bit of a coming out party. Well, I th- I really think that Seeley kind of has to step up and do something in the outdoors because, like you're saying, if McElrath doesn't or if Nelson doesn't, 
the Troy Lee team's kind of banking on that, you know, like they don't want to be out there traveling the whole series to get seventh to 11th place type of thing where McElrath and Nelson could possibly be. So I'm sure they're kind of hoping their outdoor skills will get jacked up this year and put them in the top fives and kind of make a splash where Sealy should be in that front pack with those guys. And of course, this is assuming that Mookie's riding the 450 where he really should be on. I, I think they do, and when we talked about this, I think you 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 double up your exposure. You put uh, mm-hmm. Mookie on the 450. You're going to every race anyway, so uh, you might as well have him uh, on the bike that he's practicing on. He's practicing on the the 450 during the week. Uh, you saw uh, when he was at Milestone with James last week that he was uh, riding the 450. I think he's going to continue on that bike, and uh, I think. As far as James uh, Malcolm's career, I think he's done with the uh, the little bike. Uh, effective uh, for two thousand this this whole this whole summer, and then moving into two thousand and fifteen. Um, well, let's hope. Sorry, let's hope. Oh, that's like honestly, I think he's he's a pretty big pretty big dude. So yeah, he's, he's a little bit average. Let's say a little bit above average. Well, he said uh, he said he's one hundred and ninety five pounds. That's what I weigh, and I know those things got those have some those bikes have some extra power, but like you, you've seen Jimmy Dakotas, you've seen Zach Bell. You want to try and pull a start against those guys when you they, they literally have fifty pounds on you. That's uh, that's yeah. ridiculous, especially if that's we, uh, weight that can be put over the the rear wheel. Uh, that's definitely going to slow you down and, and hamper your results. So I think you're going to see him on the four fifty. Um, and uh, one 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 guy who's a little bit of a wild card for 250 or 450 who uh, I did a little research over the last couple of days actually is um, Jesse Nelson. Jesse Nelson is still pretty much a, a, one of the youngest guys on the squad, but he's actually put in quite a few rides uh, in the amateur ranks on a 450. He's been successful on it, and he also practices on it quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure if they'd make that move to uh, go two, two and two for the for the series, but uh, nevertheless, I think um, if Jesse Nelson wants to keep his ride on Troy Lee Honda, he's got to earn his job this year. He's got to put in some results. And um, if 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 you're Jesse Nelson or if you're uh, Troy Lee, uh, what's a number that you can figure in your head that Je- Jesse Nelson needs to be at by the end of the year to uh, to secure that position? I think they've pretty much always been happy with the top 10. Like, they'll say top 5, top 7, but I think they're happy with 10. Cause, and they're not, they're not known as a team to just dump guys that they've been working with, you know? And they, they've, I think he's been with them since amateurs, right? He's been with them for a couple of years now. So I don't think they're really going to just dump him for not having a terrible year. Like, he didn't have an amazing year, but he had an all right year, I guess. Um, so I can't see them really dropping him after they put all of this work into him thing. But I'd love to see him on a 450, and I think that'd be a great idea to go 2-2 two and because two, him and McElrath probably have some of the same expectations from Troy Lee, like you're saying, mm-hmm. right? Like they're, they're, He's not going to be, okay, well, you should beat him every week, and I'm sure he kind of puts them both in the same boat. So might as well split that boat up and throw one guy in the 450s where he's obviously going to be qualify and run in top 20 every weekend we'd hope and get some experience running with those guys which would not hurt nelson going into 250 supercross for 2015 
Plus, you still have quite a few walking wounded riders uh, coming into uh, the the outdoor series uh, from Supercross. Um, a lot of the guys are a little bit worse for wear. Uh, I think um, you got guys like Tickle who are out. Uh, Josh Hill won't be there. Uh, other guys are a little bit nicked up, like um, even, even uh, Ivan Tedesco. He's probably still a little bit nicked up from uh, his the season he's had. Nicoletti's been... Uh, kind of bounced around a little bit so uh yeah like um yet to be seen but either way i think jesse nelson needs to have a pretty solid year uh on his honda to uh keep his spot regardless of uh because they they've they have been uh, loyal to him but uh that that loyalty can only go so long if uh he continues to have uh, a national number upwards of 50 um Moving on to the the pro circuit team, and uh, let's run down these guys uh, one by one. Starting with the guy who's not going to even race the series. Uh, let's let's talk about Adam C. and Cerullo, uh, the forty six machine. He's just went in for shoulder surgery uh, about three four weeks ago. Uh, that puts him uh, five months out of uh, um, out of the the. Uh, coming back from uh his recovery so what uh what when does that have him coming back 2026 no that's uh is would he be good to go in um yeah he would he would be good to go by uh by august so uh that's the very end of the series if he does race at all or if he's healthy does he race definitely why wouldn't he i mean i think they're gonna play it safe they're gonna do it right and keep them all buckled up and it's not worth them pulling another Robbie Renard and having <clears throat> a young kid with more talent than anyone knows what to do with and a body that just will not hold up for a full season. So I think they're going to take uh, Cincerillo and let him take his time. Um, I think in Supercross it actually was a good thing, slash bad thing, I guess, whatever. Injuries are never good things. But this kind of keeps him in the 250 class for another year because if he would have won the title, which I definitely think he would have, would have, he just gets to defend next year, which another reason I can't see why he would lose it. And then he's a 150-pound 19-year-old in the 450 class with nowhere else to go, right. right? So what's the bad part of keeping him maybe down there another year, gaining some more experience, and <clears throat> really letting him clean up once he uh, gets into the swing of things? So he's going to come to outdoors after the doctors say you're 100%, and he's going to win a couple of the last rounds, I think, make a splash and be like, yo, guys, you're just lucky I was hurt. I could have dialed you in this summer and, you know, see you next year. Yeah, make a statement. Uh, I think um really depends on what the doctors say. I think they're going to follow doctor's orders, but if they uh, confirm that he's all right and good to ride, uh, I think you'll see the 46 out there again, but um, uh, only time will tell. So uh, let's go straight into uh, you got your, your two former champions on the team, starting with Blake Baggett. Uh, kind of an up and down uh, Supercross season so far. He's had good races. He's had bad. He's an outdoor specialist. Uh, his favorite track is back on the circuit. It's the first national of the year. Uh, what uh, what can we expect from El Chupacabra, the uh, Blake Beggett? See, you never really know with him because it seems like at any point in time he could bust out crazy speed, go 1-1 from starting in 30th place and win with a 10-second lead, or he could be more reserved and get a fourth, fifth, sixth, and no one would really say anything either way. 
So you never really know with Blake, I guess. I don't know if it's his, what mood he's in or what's in his head, but he seems to be one of those guys that you never really know. Like, he's a past champion, so he can obviously put it together for a full season. But uh, with all these guys out there, I don't think it's going to be just that easy, right? Like, he has to go against his teammate Wilson, who obviously has got to be a lot of people's number one picks, uh, pending this arm pump issue that he's having. But maybe going into outdoors, he'll be able to just kind of relax and ride what we all kind of grew up riding, and maybe arm pump won't be as big of an issue. And if that is so, I'm sure him and Baggett are going to have some great battles at the front of the pack, um, and it could go either way, really. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, you're you're not too sure what you're going to get from either one of them. Obviously, uh, no. Blake Baggett is a uh, pretty terrible wrist injury away from uh, the dominance the dominance that he. Uh, had in 2012 and Dean Wilson is a couple of very bad seasons injury riddled seasons uh, away from his uh, removed from uh, from his series championship I think that uh, Dean Wilson in, as far as uh, like straight up speed Dean's got it uh, does he have the endurance that's his biggest question mark right now and as far as endurance goes for Blake Baggett we know that that's been one of his strengths so if I was to give the edge to either one of the two I'd say it's Baggett because I think his wrist is about as good as it's ever going to be he's he's in the mindset that uh, he's got another crack at winning this championship before he moves up and into the 450 class uh, so yeah, I, I think that between the two of them, uh, I got to give the nod to Beggett just to, uh, be there late in the motos. Cause that's what really matters in the outdoors. Well, but you gotta remember Wilson is training with the one and only Ryan Hughes. So that gnarly training program that may or may not have been giving him arm pump, you know, he might be there at the end of the motos if he can get that figured out. Cause, uh, he seems to be going at it pretty hard. And, I mean, I personally think too hard because some guys just aren't meant to work out as hard as others. Like, if you put, say, Carmichael and Wilson, Wilson's a much more natural rider. He's taller. He uses that to his advantage. I don't think he has to do the gnarly training schedule that someone maybe, say, not less naturally talented. But, you know, as a riding style is Carmichael, right? More muscle the bike around and throw it where you want um, I think maybe if he chilled out on his... Uh, actual muscle gym time and just spent more time on the bike he would be just fine and the arm pump would go away yeah i think um it's something that he's actually dealt with pretty much ever since um his his uh, championship season uh various uh degrees of how bad it's been apparently and uh that's a that's alarming to, to to me honestly um i'm not sure if it's directly related to the ryan hughes thing uh it leads me to believe that it is because when he won his championship he had no trainer um uh all the camp like the the pro circuit camp uh ryan hughes obviously they are adamant that it's not uh, due to his training, and then uh, Dean will say the same. Well, they're but not going to say what are they going is, to say? Right? Are they going to say you're totally yeah, exactly. right? Uh, it is my fault, but we're just going to keep doing it because uh, we like ruining his career. Um, <coughs> I don't, um, I don't know really what the answer is there. I'm not a uh, personal trainer, but um, but you you are built like one. Thanks, I appreciate that, my friend. Um, but nevertheless, I think that if Dean Wilson can figure out the arm pump machine, uh, arm pump problem, 
he's going to um, he's going to be successful this year. Uh, but until I can see that uh, that problem's definitely been solved, I think uh, you got to give the nod to Blake, Blake Baggett. What about uh, the uh, the oldest guy in the cl- in on the team, uh, Martin Davalos? I think after he wins the Supercross Championship, they're going to ship him back to Ecuador and celebrate, and he'll be lost and kidnapped by someone who thinks that he's worth multi-millions of dollars mm-hmm. now because he's a 250 Supercross champion. Right. But little do they know... Um, so is Denny Stevenson. Work that way. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's going to be a terrible situation once he goes home and celebrates, and uh, he's never to be seen again, and then it'll be the tale of Davalo. Tale of Jimmy Gaddis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, he's he's a legend. I'm sure he's uh, sitting on a pile of gold coins somewhere, just laughing and banging a bunch of supermodels. Yeah, absolute Jimmy Gaddis, uh, him, uh, him, Brian Swink, and um, Swink's killing it just because he's a gangster. Well, but. yeah, but like Grayson Goodman, the, all of them are down in Florida right now uh, with uh, copious amounts of money, uh, pound like mount like mountains of blow, and uh, still living it up from the, well, the that cash prizes true, but... that they won in 1993. From the twelve hundred dollar main event win. That's right. Um, let's let's go into the two younger guys, and obviously uh, Darren Durham. I guess you'd call him a bit of a, a veteran at this point. He's I think four years in the class. Nevertheless, um, him and, and Josh Hill are Justin Hill. Oh, still making that mistake every, every once in a while. Justin Justin Hill, Darren Durham. Uh, the two of them still pretty young in the in the in the class. Uh, which one do you think is going to have uh, the better year? Well, I think Durham's going to pull some sicker whips, so that's going to count for something to a lot of people, myself included. And But I think Hill's going to have um, more speed and more confidence after coming off uh, his first Supercross win. Durham's injured. He's probably just going to try to work his way back in there without getting hurt again. So I think Hill's going to have a better year by the end of it, but I think Durham's really going to have some good rides. I mean, he's just got such a wicked riding style, and now that he's on the pro circuit Kawasaki, there's no excuses. I can't see why he couldn't pull off maybe a moto win here or there and have some really, really solid rides. Yeah, I'm not sure if you do follow the uh, the amateur scene whatsoever, but in the year or in the, the months leading up to... Um, Leading up to Darren Durham turning pro, uh, he was pretty much the poster boy for everything fast and exciting in the uh, the motocross industry. He was winning championships. He was basically a lock every single class that he entered, and then um, kind of been stricken with some some injuries and some bad luck as his pro career has gotten going. And uh, now coming off of uh, he'll he'll enter the series coming off of a concussion. Uh, I'm not too sure if he's still feeling a lot of symptoms from that. I feel like if he wasn't feeling symptoms, that Mitch Payton would have him on a bike. So uh, he's a little bit behind the eight ball. He could be just doing a ton of testing. So uh, his bike might be really, really dialed in uh, come uh, gate drop at Glen Helen. But uh, I guess we'll have to see. But uh, I think between the two of them, uh, Durham's going to be battling out with Davalos for uh, who's not going to be the worst uh, outdoor rider on uh, the PC team, and uh, it's hard to say. It's hard. That's a hard thing to say on such a star-studded team, but uh, somebody's got to be in the back of those uh, those six guys. Um, 
let's uh, let's go straight into the uh, the KTM squad uh, and starting out with uh, in my uh, my series favorite uh, for the 2014 West Series uh, for for the 250s, Jason Anderson. Uh, he's been really dominant. He's been aggressive. He's been on top of his game and probably riding his, uh, the best he has in his pro career so far. Does he take it into outdoors? Yeah, I definitely think he's these rides that he's been having um, and this newfound speed, newfound corner speed confidence. Like we're saying with amateurs, this guy is a past amateur champ, um, big phenom who just didn't have his head in the right place. Now that it's there, he is going to be tough to beat, but he's never won a race. So being that he's never won a moto, never won an overall, and, and people are looking at him as a shot for the championship, which you can't take away from him, uh, I'd like to see when the last time that's happened other than a rookie, let's say, like someone who's never, I don't even know if he's really been battling for top fives much. So I think Anderson is a card that nobody's seen before and we'll see what happens when it happens. But he could come out and go 1-1 at Glen Helen or maybe he takes him a little bit longer to find his stride, you know? Yeah. Because he has been more, like if you look at his past results, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with physical conditioning, but he was a much better Supercross guy than an outdoor guy. Like he'd be running up front in the Supercrosses and then outdoors, you'd see his name on the ticker, but that's about it. And so I think this is a big year for Anderson. Calling him out to win, you almost like you, you can argue it, but you can totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think that uh, there's plenty of arguments out there that he's not going to be consistent enough to win a championship. No, he hasn't won any races. He hasn't shown uh, a lot of um, a ton of signs outdoors anyway that he's going to be able to get the job done. But I, I got a feeling about this kid this year. He's got a completely different uh, program going on. He's got uh, multiple trainers putting him in the right position. He likes that KTM. Uh, he even rode KTMs and amateurs and made them go pretty fast. Uh, I think that um, you're going to see good things, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him carry that red plate at some point during the summer. Um, Rockstar Suzuki, early in the year, uh, they had Joey Savacci uh, signed up for riding that KTM uh, on their team. Um, do you expect him to be riding that this year? Uh, I don't really think it matters. I mean, he, the kid's fast, he's got skills, but he... He's going to find a ride, he's going to hop on a bike, and he seems to go the same speed no matter what. He's one of those guys that looks like he just pins it and goes fast no matter what. I think he'd be pumped to be on that bike, being that it's super fast on a factory bike. But I don't know what his contract situation is like. Um, they seem to like him. He's always out there, and it seems like they're always kind of trying to pull for him and give him a bike to ride. But um, I think we'll see him out there for sure. And, you know, it'll probably be on a KTM, but at what level, who knows, you know? No, I think um, he'll he'll have some speed. I think uh, based based on his, his – I'm just going to start that again. Based on the speed that he showed in Supercross, and I know, again, this is a different discipline altogether, but um, – Nevertheless, I think that Savachi has the skills. I think he's um, he was put on the shelf by uh, some injuries, but he's going to be able to get that KTM dialed in uh, going outdoors. I think uh, he excels outdoors better than he does in, and um, who knows? Maybe he'll be able to uh, mix it up with guys like uh, Cooper Webb, Josh Bell, or 
Zach Bell. What am I saying? Zach Bell, uh, and and those types of customers. Uh, so um, yeah, I think uh, KTM their their uh, their top guy is going to be uh, as far as the Rockstar team goes will be uh, Anderson, and then of course there's the dark horse coming off of injury, none other than Marvin Musquin. What do you think the 25 is going to do this year? He's going to win a bunch. He's going to win a bunch. Make people look stupid. Yeah. He's gonna st- I mean. He's such a consistent rider. Last year it was Tomac one one or Tomac and uh Roxon one two every weekend it seemed and he was three 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 three. So pending Wilson or some people that were injured, he pretty much had the whole series worked last year. Like if you take Roxon and Tomac out of it, he would have murdered everyone every weekend. So you can't take that out. Yes, he's coming off of injury, but I don't think that's really going to matter. Even if it takes him a couple rounds to get going, I think he's going to be a consistent guy. Like, he showed consistency last year. He's always seems to be, you know, straight up. His first moto and his second moto are the same finish, usually. You know, he's not a 3-8 or a, you know, 1-9 type of guy. Right. Uh, I think he's going to, and that's how he's won his nationals, was, was in the first one with like a 4-2 and then a 2-2. Like, so he's obviously one of the most consistent guys in the class, which I think is going to be really, really important this year, being five or six of these guys, they're all kind of the same speed. So we're going to, I think other than him and maybe a couple other guys, we're going to see a lot of uh, mixed match moto scores, 3-8, 6-4. 12, you know, like random up and down for through everyone. And with Marvin Muskin pretty much being at the top of that every weekend, like I can't see why his results would drop a lot this year when he's got his bike dialed in from last year. They have all their settings going into all the tracks. He's a past world champ. Like there's a lot of positives looking at the 25 going into outdoors. I'm just looking at the looking up the results. Oh, cool! No, I thought you were gone. I was like, "Fuck!" Do I got to say that again? I forget what I said. <laughs> uh, one sec. Yeah. Wait. No. Fuck. Hey, babe, what's up? Okay, you're going to be a second. I got to pee if I can. Go for it. Coffee. Bye. Go for it. Oh, hey, and turn your video on. Is it not on? No. It is now. Bye-bye. Look at this footprint from the shooting on the back. Miss Kitty!
necesidad. Keratin de You there? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, um, I totally agree with you. I think uh, Mark, I think Marvin Muskan is possibly the most consistent guy coming into the next uh, series. Uh, looking back to 2013, only one moto did he not receive points. Scratch that. He's, he received, he got points in every single moto. Uh, his worst finish being in ninth place. Most times getting as high as 18 points, which I believe is a fifth. Uh, he, he got a lot of fifth place uh, finishes. Of course, both guys who were ahead of him in the uh, overall series from last year, they moved up into the next class. I think um, Baggett is still a wild card with the wrist. Uh, and Osborne uh, behind him in the points, not as much of a threat. So uh, I think uh, his biggest competition going into this season is uh is Dean Wilson, Blake Baggett and uh and and Jason Anderson. And I don't think you can cut Sealy out of the picture totally. Maybe not for the championship, but I think he'll definitely throw a wrench into the situation at a couple of rounds. Maybe some of the more technical ones where they're more rutted and it's more timing. Uh I can't see him letting Anderson run away. His totally with this after chasing him all through the supercross rounds if you know what i mean right right i do i understand uh cole seeley to me i this uh you really have to understand his uh uh his typical position uh in in the outdoors last year his best finish outdoors was his best moto finish was a seventh so oh for for sure and i'm not i just mean i think if there's one guy who might make that jump this year or take that step um i think it could be him Fair enough. I, I, I it's a it's a worthy argument. Absolutely, I think he's he showed. Well, that's what I mean. I, I I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't put any money on it. But I could see it happening for sure. And maybe if you're saying where his best finish is a seventh, I could see him maybe being more of a five to eight. You know, even with some fourths and thirds up there. But uh, not <clears throat> maybe not killing it every weekend, but definitely improving from last year. Fair enough. I think. Uh, well. Uh, he's going to have more, even more guys to deal with. Like even, uh, Cooper Webb last year, uh, as a rookie, uh, ended up higher in the points than Sealy. Uh, same thing with Cunningham. Uh, all of the guys that we've talked to so far, uh, uh, excluding, uh, the, the, the Yamaha guys. And, uh, yeah, let's move straight into those guys. Um, the Yamaha, the, you, you mean you don't want to cover the factory, the massive factory Suzuki team? Oh right, uh, Austin Albers. Um, that's I think the be- most highly supported Suzuki rider in the 250 class. Am am I missing anybody uh, well, else? Did did? And he's probably supported by a local shop, a tiny ass fucking local shop yep. that gives him stickers and a top end. Probably and, whichever uh, town he's from. If they have a local Suzuki shop, that uh, he's getting at least two bikes. Um, so yeah, that, that's Austin your- Albers uh, holding it down. The uh, the the two twelve on the the Suzuki who's uh, he's done well in Supercross by uh, putting it inside the top twenty two in some of those mains, um, and uh, that's been positive for Suzuki so far. I think uh, you can expect more of the same from uh, the guys in yellow. Yeah, and I think he put himself into the asterisk unit that one week, and I remember him bailing hard, and it was quite fantastic looking. But yeah, Suzuki screwed. I don't know why nobody's looking like you're saying. I think. 
if they have no contingency, that's obviously going to make us... I'm only you know, assuming that they have next to no uh, uh, contingency or no real program in place because it just doesn't make sense how you literally do not see anybody else on a Suzuki for any reason. Like, this, like it seems to be, like, uh, obviously Honda is the bike of choice in general because um, they're just, like... Just it's awesome. just a great bike. You can't you can't argue that whatsoever. <laughs> me, me having one and being totally biased is obvious. Well, you, you know, happen but, uh, to race one, but it, it's always been uh, kind of the the choice of uh, privateers is to go with Honda. They're the biggest motorcycle manufacturer in the world. Um, but as, like the Suzuki 450 is a solid bike. I can't imagine they make a really not so great 250. Uh, why would you only see one guy out out there on one? So um, that's it, it. Puzzles me, and uh, yeah, I, I hope that uh, Albers is able to have himself a good season on it, and uh, maybe uh, Suzuki will throw him some parts at some point, uh, maybe a set of wheels or something. But uh, we'll see. Uh, nevertheless, um, yeah, let's move straight into the Yamaha crew, um, highlighted mainly by uh, both Cooper Webb. And Jeremy Martin, Jeremy Martin, the 19 machine, his, this is his second full outdoor season. Same thing for Cooper Webb. They both, uh, um, Jeremy Martin racing a couple of races, uh, in 2012, as well as 13. He hails from Millville, Minnesota. His parents, uh, own and operate the, uh, Millville, uh, Spring Creek motocross park where we've both raced before. It's a beautiful track. He, led some laps last year uh do you think he can uh, stand to even uh, win that national this year and um can can jeremy martin run up front once again in 2013 or is this uh yeah the, i think so um like, do you do you okay. think that the uh the season that he's um that he's had in supercross is going to uh stay with him because uh there's just uh it's uh that's he, he just absolutely stunk it up this year well, that could be the situation, and it it could drag into outdoors. Um, and I think Webb Webb's just had a pretty consistent year. So being with the both of them lining up, it's kind of the same boat. They could be running up front, or they could be not, you know, up there in the mix. Uh, he definitely has the skills and the endurance and the speed and all that fun stuff. But who knows if he can put it together to run up there like he was last year. I mean, I'm sure he. that's what he's hoping is just get out of Supercross, get an outdoors where, you know, he maybe feels a little bit more comfortable, more at home, and obviously more at home at Millville. I think he could lead some laps and possibly win a moto there. Uh, overall might be a big call, but can't see why he couldn't be up there like he was last year. And Webb's just going to be more confident. He's ridden these tracks again, like, you know, this year being he's not a full rookie and... I think we'll see some good rides from him as well, putting those Yamahas near the front of the pack. I think Webb's going to be a, a threat. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, how good, I'm not too sure. I think he's still going to have uh, a little bit of 
uh, a learning curve, but uh, it's time to start proving yourself. He's got the the national number 37 for a reason. Uh, he was able to ride up front. I think he even led some laps uh, in 2013. So uh, he might be a little bit of a, a sleeper pick to uh, to be inside your top five by the end of the series because he's been consistent, he's been fast, and you know he's got some uh, some endurance because he didn't go backwards too much late in the motos last year. So uh, I think uh, between the two of them, I think uh, definitely um, I think a, a, a changing of the guard at Yamaha with seeing uh, um, Cooper Webb ahead of Jeremy Martin in through this next summer. Um, but uh, that's that's the that's the Yamaha. That's the only two guys on on Yamahas uh, that are factory backed, I guess, from the the Star Racing team. Uh, what about uh, the Privateers? Let's run down a few of those guys. They uh, they're on a couple of different kinds of machines, but um, yeah, let's let's run down those Privateers because uh, those guys are ever so important in our sport. Uh, they they uh, they drive to each race, and uh, let's start off with none other than uh, Big MX's favorite. Uh, privateer, the Ripa, Jimmy Dakotas. Uh, for 2014, do you think we see James or Jimmy? Well, let's hope we see Jimmy. Let's hope he left James over in Europe. And let's hope his T-shirt sales are killing too. And so if anyone's listening you haven't bought one, go buy 15 of them Christmas presents for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully he can make it through the whole season and make a splash, finish top 10, in, uh, overall at the end of the year and get some whole shots, get some good rides. And, man, if he got a podium or two, some top fives, then that's got to open up some more eyes even farther that have been looking at him because I'm sure he's on some people's lists. So uh, just get some good rides and pretty much put a check mark beside your name, you know? No, absolutely. I think um, if he's able to prove himself, he might be able to get himself back on a program. And I think uh, we we spoke with him uh, this la- or two weeks ago, and the one thing that he said that he really needed to take his game to the next level was to get onto a program where his his main issue is just riding the bike, and obviously. Uh, he's, uh, he's not able to do that right now. He's, uh, traveling by, uh, by vehicle to all the races, doing a lot of the driving himself, uh, overnight. That's, uh, that's no way for a, uh, a, pr- a premier athlete to be living week to week, uh, while trying to, uh, to compete at the level that they're doing, but he's been doing it so far. And, um, per- I don't know, who knows, maybe, uh, if there's a, a fill in ride to happen in the 250 class throughout the summer, if he can fill that void, uh, I'd like to see Jimmy Dakotas on uh, a little bit better equipment. I think that the good program would, um, would be his best asset. Like he's uh, we like he, when he was up here, we talked to him. Like what what's the the biggest thing? Is it the program or is it the bike? And he he was adamant to say that it's the program. Uh, these guys that have everything at their beck and call. They've got the nutritionist. They've got the chiropractor. They've got appointments for this for that. They go do film together. They watch. They they've got. Uh, multi guys testing not just the guys on the team that are testing but also guys who are employed by the team to go test and find out what uh the best way to set up these bikes um so if uh jimmy dakotas is able to to uh or any of these guys is able to uh make that next step um they can really make some waves and uh the next guy on my list is none other than vince freeze now uh vince freeze is one of those bubble guys do you think he's going to be on a 450 or 250 well, I, personally, I think if he's footing the bill, he's going to be hopping on the big bike, less maintenance, a um, little bit more pay in the outdoors. And if you look, it looks like there's 
I mean, there's a lot of fast guys out there, but there might he might have just as good a chance in the 450 class as the 250s. So you might see him putting the little bike away for the summer and hopping on the big bike, and it can't be a bad thing. I mean, that's everyone's goal, obviously, is to get a solid 450 ride. So put in some good rides that they can kind of, you know, look back on, and um, maybe that'll get him into a better ride for next year. No, I, I totally agree. I think uh, Vince Freeze is kind of on the cusp, and uh, it doesn't help that Ari this year that he got uh, put on probation uh, by the uh, the MMA for some of his uh, aggressive moves that he was making early in the season. Um, more often than not, probation is basically another word for we don't actually want to make a solid ruling on it because we're uh, uh, choosing to not quite deal with you. But nevertheless, uh, it's a kind of a black eye for his program. I'm hoping that uh, some teams can look past that and uh, and take a chance on him because he does put in good rides. But um, I think if anything holds him back from getting onto better equipment, it's the way he's conducted himself on the track um, in in years previous. Well, yeah, and they're obviously going to like that. Nobody wants to deal with someone that's, or, you know, hire someone that's traditionally hard to deal with. But I don't think he has that much of a black cloud going over him. Um, He did get that kind of JGR chance and, you know, it didn't turn out very good. But no, I think we could see him getting a chance before the other guys just because he's that name that, you know, he's already got a chance and he's, you know, maybe. you know, more of a household name than some of these other guys. But one person that we haven't thought about is uh, the ex-Cowie amazing Christoph Purcell. So uh, there's rumors he's coming back in a 250 this year. He obviously has almost won two championships. Like, if he won those two, we'd be talking about him already, I think. But it seems that he's coming back and wants to make another go at it at some level. Yeah, I think uh, the the reports have been rather vague, but nevertheless, uh, some people have been saying the kid looks good. He's been practicing at Glen Helen. Uh, if he's coming back on a 250, uh, I think uh, he came within, what, a DNF of, of winning two different championships? Um, a collarbone and a and another yeah, crash. Uh, it was know? a it was a blown up bike. Uh, the 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 second last national of the year in. Uh, the 2009 and in 2010 he breaks a wrist so um the two freak accidents uh, or otherwise we could be talking about two-time 250 uh, champion uh christoph purcell so uh, like you said if he's able to suit up and if he's got some, a decent bike underneath him and to be honest if anyone can uh, doesn't need a, a great bike to put in results honestly it's uh, christoph purcell he's possibly one of the most naturally talented guys on the line um and um i guess we'll see what happens when uh the uh when the gate drops but if he's if he's riding confident and if he's got a half decent bike underneath him, what's what's his ceiling this year? Uh, moto win might happen. He's you can never tell with him because it always looks like he's going so slow and he's just pulling away from everyone. Well, I mean that's in the past. It has been a couple of years. But if he is on a good program mentally, physically, bike everything, I can't see why he isn't running up with some of these guys. But again, it's kind of been a mystery what that cat's been up to for the last little bit. So, I mean, I guess we'll just see in the first couple of rounds and then see if he makes it through all the way without quitting for no apparent reason. Yeah, like, um, 
He's uh, he's a bit he's a total maverick out there. I'm not entirely sure what he's uh, going to be bringing to the table. Um, but uh, based on previous success and based on previous results, uh, I got to at least put him in the mix. Um, I think uh, he's had results in the past that uh, some teams will still be able to uh, put some faith in him and and give him some some good product to, to put that out there on the track. And uh, I guess we'll see. Um, what about a uh, Kyle Cunningham, uh, the uh, the MCR bike? I guess uh, Colton Act as well. Um, I, I guess his 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 ride is over uh, in the um, on the for the for the Supercross. But uh, Colton Act, uh, he's uh, one of those milestone assassins. Uh, he'll he has a he has plans to race all of the nationals. Um, those types of guys uh, are going to be. Kind of, uh, you think he's going to be able to get some points this year? Or? Yeah, they'll they'll make the show, get some points, but not anyone. Those type of guys, unfortunately, seem to just get washed away by next year's phenoms. You know, they'll always be in that spot. People move up; they might have a good race, good that, but top ten possibly, but not really worth. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's not good for them to hear and stuff. But if they have a great ride, awesome. But they're not really those championship folks that you're going to see out there battling it out for the podium every weekend. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to make mention of uh, Colton Eck oh, mainly for sure, for sure. because uh, he is uh, one of the t- sponsored by Tech One Designs. Uh, they they do both uh, the the jersey lettering uh, for him. They did a really special one for Anaheim One when he made the main. Uh, they had uh, uh, the Act, the A on uh, Act was. Uh, made in the likeness of the A from the Anaheim Angels, which is uh, pretty special for him. Uh, they also do all kinds of graphics, um, helmet wraps, uh, phone wraps. They can do uh, neck brace decal kits as well as um, uh, pit shirts and uh, custom Go, uh, coffee mugs. So if you need a coffee mug for work and someone keeps stealing your, your mug, uh, get a completely custom uh Coffee mug from uh, from Tech One Designs. There, out of uh, they're out of hmm. out of their shop. Yeah, right out of their shop in in Nevada, Minden, Nevada, uh, is where they're located. Uh, pretty cheap shipping. Pretty cheap chip. Pretty sh- wow. Pretty cheap shipping coming up from uh, the states. Uh, It'll take a couple of days, but nevertheless, they have great product, uh, great service from Jamie at Tech One Designs. That's TechOneDesigns.com. You can can be reached on the social medias for it at Tech One Designs. Uh, It's all uh, not uh, the number one, but T E C H O O N E Designs. Uh, and, uh, yeah, check them out. Um, finishing off with, uh, the, uh, the 250 review here, let's do our top five prediction. And these, te- these, uh, once again, these predictions are brought to you by 204 skate shop out in Selkirk, Manitoba, uh, 195 main street. Um, like, uh, what kind of stuff that can they find out there in, uh, at 204 skate shop there, big guy? Well, pretty much got everything head to toe. Um, I don't shop anywhere else personally. Um, Nor should you. You get a good discount. (laughs) I just steal stuff. But uh, from motocross, snowboarding, skateboarding, general clothing, 150 different brands, we pretty much have everything. 
Uh, what about uh, Monarch, Monarch Moto? I think uh, I, I'd heard rumors that you guys were going to bring that stuff in. Yeah, we've been emailing back and forth. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about is just uh, the duty fees at the border. Because if you don't figure that stuff out and you get a check for or a bill for 30% of your order two months later, it kind of sucks and sucks all the profit out of everything. So uh, if we figure out some border fee bullshit, um, I'm sure we'll uh, be making that happen. Perfect. So yeah, let's, let's dive straight into the uh, into our predictions. I want your top five, uh, starting from fifth, going up to first, and as well as a wild card, a complete uh, kind of a dark horse, someone who uh, um, we, we don't think will, like we haven't really quite, talked up too much maybe they were outside the top 10 last year and uh look for them to have a much better ride so uh your top five as well as uh a bit of an underdog cool well um i mean i'd go all fucked up here uh, i don't know whether to start at first or fifth or underdog so i'm gonna start at third i'm just gonna cut it right in the middle you know do it that right way so so i think we're gonna see the number four in the number three spot Baggett will have some wins, have some shit, but he'll also have some bad races, so I think he's going to come in third. Um, fourth place, I guess, will be uh, Justin Hill. He's going to win some motos and stuff, and fourth place will be a solid year for him. Keep his, uh, his PC Kawasaki underneath him for another couple of seasons, and you know, possibly next year will be his championship run. Second place, I think, is Jason Anderson. Pretty much just because he's never won a race, never won a moto, you know, and but I can definitely see him being up there for the championship that I think Mr. Dean Wilson is going to take. You know, he's going to figure out the arm pump situation in a couple of rounds, work that bugs out, figure out something that works. And I could see Wilson going on a run as well as Baggett, I guess, but more than anyone, you know, with uh, rather than, you know, Justin Hill winning five motors in a row would be great to see, but I can't see it happening. Um, fifth place, I think, is going to be a tie between Bogle and Seeley, just for six style, and I just think they're going to pull it in the top five this year. They've been having really good Supercross seasons, so why not, right? And for the Dark Horse, I'm going Jimmy D. I want to see him finish in the top ten in points, and I think it's definitely doable um, if he gets to all of these rounds. If not, if he doesn't, you know, finish off the full season, obviously, I think uh, Durham. I mean, you can technically call him a dark horse, but not. But just because of the injuries he's had and he hasn't done anything. You can more or less just call him a stranger because we haven't seen too much from him lately. Exactly. So it's not someone who, like, Vegas odds would be putting a lot of bank in. But I could see him coming out and really making a splash. Fair enough. Uh, appreciate your your input. I might disagree with a couple of your uh, your picks, but nevertheless, that's do. what this is all about. I'm going to start yeah. from the fifth place position, move upwards because uh, that I find you get a little bit less confused in terms of who you're picking. Um, I'm done with that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put um, uh, between uh, uh, Justin Hill. And uh, Cooper Webb, I think Cooper Webb's going to be able to get the nod and uh, put himself in that top five. So uh, I, I see your 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 Justin Hill, and I raise you a uh, a Cooper Webb in the fifth place position. I think uh, I think you're pretty much right on the mark in terms of um, 
where uh, where Baggett's going to be. But before Baggett in the fourth place position, I could definitely see a Marvin Moosecan, uh, someone that yeah, you were really high up on that. during uh, our breakdown of the class. But uh, you'd neglected to keep him even in your top in your your top six, uh, giving the fifth place position between Sealy and uh, was it McElrath that you were talking about? No, Sealy and uh, Bogle. But like, this is a yeah. stacked field, and any of these guys can have a great season, a bad season, whatever. But uh, I think fourth place, I can see uh, Marvin Moose can. Uh, third place, I agree with you, Blake Baggett. He's going to be fast. He's going to win some races, but he's not going to be nearly consistent enough uh, with because uh, he he wasn't last year. He was hot and cold. Uh, I think he's not going to be able to come back to championship form. Um, but uh, R one and two are flipped. I think that uh, Wilson. Although um, he's going to be fast towards the set, the end of the season, I think he's going to figure out the arm pump by the end of the year. But it's going to be a little bit too much, too late, or too little, too late. As uh, Jason Anderson going from uh, basically, uh, I wouldn't say unknown, but definitely underdog coming into this season, uh, is going to put himself on top of the podium for the outdoors in 2013 on the 250 class. Uh, so I'm calling it right now, Jason Anderson, uh, your 2014 250 class champion uh for a um for a dark horse or a sleeper pick uh i'm gonna go ahead and um i'm gonna expect big things from who from who uh from who um i'm gonna expect big things from Jeremy Martin, um, I guess we. Uh, I think he's he's been rumored to be really uh, going fast on on the the practice track. Um, he's had good finishes last year, so I think that uh, he's going to be somewhere back where he was uh, towards the end of last year. Um, ended up the year in the sixth place position, and I think he'll be able to back that up. A bit of a bounce back performance after his dismal uh, Supercross performance. Uh, the 19 machine, I think uh, he'll that the number 19 will be better served with him than it ever was with Stingray on it. Um, you watch your mouth. Hey, stop. Um, I think uh, Jeremy Martin's going to have a decent summer. Uh, he's he's fast outdoors. He's definitely fast at home, uh, at his his, uh, his home track. Um, and uh, I definitely think that he's going to have a bounce back here. So, uh, yeah, that's my picks. And it was brought to you by 204 Skate Shop. Um, and the, all of these podcasts are brought to you by TransCanada Motorsports of uh, Brandon, Manitoba, Capital Motorsports, Tech One Designs, X-Brand Goggles, and uh, like we said, 204 Skate Shop out of Selkirk, Manitoba, who are also funding the resurgence of Gimli Motocross uh, track, um, named, of course, uh, that's Northern Lights uh, Raceway. Um, not a huge fan of the name, but I'm a huge fan of the track, and it's good to see that the Interlake is going to get uh, their, their motocross track. Uh, what uh, what do you know about that whole project there, uh, Kimusabi? Well, it's pretty much... Uh brainchild uh buddy alex zaborowski um i mean he's a hardcore motocross racer and he lives in that area the track was run and run great for a bunch of years but as with a lot of things you know families start to kind of 
lose interest and a couple people fade out and you need a resurgence this new blood so we're going to try to make that thing a go this year and well we are making it a go insurance is in place and everything it's just got a shit ton of snow on it right now but we're going to do it a little different um i mean as all us manitobans know and i mean i personally don't agree with like whoop sections are banned from mma track so we're going to bring it back with a couple solid whoop sections i mean sure it'll be an option for people if you don't want to do them you can go around them but we're going to just kind of bring it back a little bit and really spend time building each obstacle rather than just dumping dirt and making it a dirt bike track and build it up kind of one obstacle at a time and just make them all as good as we can. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a cool place to ride. And there's definitely a lot of people out here that do ride and race motocross. So we do need a track other than Grunthal to go ride at. So more tracks is never a bad thing. And I definitely hope it makes a go of it so we can uh, put it on the circuit next year. Excellent. Yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be a huge fan of it. Um, I, I love the uh, the Gimli track back in the day. I think they have great dirt uh, when uh, it's prepped properly. Uh, there's been times in the past during practice times when it wasn't uh, absolutely optimal, but uh, if... If you guys can really stay on top of things and, and do it the way I know you guys want to, it's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be a great track. Uh, I'm excited about having whoops back because uh, I'm going to have to relearn them uh, because uh, it's been a quite some time before I skimmed a set. Um, but uh, hopefully uh, be able to harness um, my skills uh, from years gone by and uh, maybe uh, legendary uh Legendary coach uh, Richard or Chris Mellon can uh, come out of retirement to give me a couple of pointers to uh, skim across the tops of those guys. Lean back and pin it and then crack a beer. Fair enough. Okay, that's the exact same stuff you guys told me when I was 12. So uh, good to hear that uh, there's continuity in you and your brother's uh, teaching uh, model. But uh, yeah, If it's semi-worked back then, it'll work now. Absolute. Um so thank you once again for uh, spending some time with me this evening to finish off the review or the the, the pre-race, uh, the preseason podcast for the 250s and the 450s. We're going to try and have this up uh, by uh, tomorrow, which is uh, the uh, last week here in April. Um, or is it last week in April? Yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're moving into the, the 250s. We'll see how that goes. Brad Gephardt, Chris Mellon, and uh, have a good one, guys. Later, hombre. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.
now my back wheel Like man skills what? It's a quad I bust You can eat my dust I'm the only motherfucker that I really trust In these big ass ruts Always Too many bitches Thursday Getting whipped out Sitting all fucking sideways Race to cross on my holidays Living life on the road These girls in the hoes Like turning lines into flows Another dream in the pros The impossible is impossible But the possible is not So take a hand, get down, and help me deal with what you got Yeah, see them on some girls everywhere Titty ass hands in the air, it's a party over here Shake it for the ride of the year Ride of the year, ride of the bounce See them on some girls everywhere Titty ass hands in the air, it's a party over here Shake it for the ride of the year Ride of the year, ride of the bounce Yeah, 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 yeah Teddy Parks in this motherfucker I don't turn down for these pussy players These pussy players come a dime a dozen I'm riding trying to get rich player I'm on the track, she cheering for me Monster girl in my hotel Getting turned up from the drink she pouring Western Pike is a beast That motherfucker don't fuck around Supercross every week And King McGrath still wears the crown Finally free Lil Boosie To find real, they let him out Zoom around you pussies On a bike you never fucking see around Nothing stalking so big for Yoshi pipe it don't make noise If you wear fly you stay fly We all fresh on race night Day drops get your mind right Fuck the bins my bike is ready I go by little Teddy already See them on some girls everywhere Titty ass hands in the air It's a party over here Shake it for the ride of the year uh, Ride of the year Ride of the bounce See them on some girls everywhere Titty ass hands in the air It's a party over here Shake it for the ride of the year uh, Ride of the year Ride of the bounce